The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's great to have you with us. 888 It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Maxine Waters, really strange explanation for her. Uh, she's going to, because she felt so good the other night at the LGBTQIA, etc. Plus event. Uh, she, she decided that she would tell the audience that she's going to go out and take out Trump that very night. Uh, here was the original uh, claim by Maxine Waters. Here's what she said. Wow. Right here. This is it. What a moving mm-hmm. evening this is. I am sitting here listening, watching, absorbing, thinking about Ali, even though I never met him. And with this kind of inspiration, I will go and take Trump out tonight. <laughs> okay. And the crowd certainly certainly thought that she meant take him out like i I don't know assassinate him Mm. isn't that what that sounds like i don't know any other way to interpret that unless you're going to take him out to dinner and that's not what she's talking about no Mm. so when you talk when you say you're going to take somebody out it means you're going to eliminate them you're going to kill them essentially is what that means but she was asked about it by uh chris cuomo on cnn and here's what she made up wow that's absolutely ridiculous. Nobody believes that uh, a 79-year-old grandmother uh, who is a congresswoman and who has been in Congress and in uh, politics for all of these years talking about doing any harm. The only harm that I may be doing to the president is I want him impeached. And Does it, does it, okay, could you not apply that logic to just about anybody who says something incendiary or, or borderline violent in this society? Could you could you not say, come on, nobody believes that a uh, 55-year-old talk show host named Glenn Beck is going to take out Nancy Pelosi? Nobody believes that. Come on. He's, he didn't actually threaten to poison Nancy Pelosi. And yet they go back to that offhanded, humorous remark that was made 12 years ago in a different environment. When people weren't hanging on your every word and trying to uh, and trying to get you fired for everything you ever said, it was it was prior to all of that uh, getting to its zenith. You could make this excuse for just about anybody, so you you can't just lean on that that she's a seventy nine year old grandmother. Because that wouldn't work for anybody on the right. Those people who are so opposed uh, to my leadership Uh on impeachment are organizing the right wing, uh, the white nationalists, the KKK. They've organized an effort to try and, of course, defeat me in my election coming up and to discredit me. Everybody knows that I'm on the front lines, not talking about any physical harm to anybody, but I am talking about impeachment, and I'm not going to stop. I believe this president is not worthy. I think that this president uh, should not be representing our country. Hmm. He has alienated our allies. He continues to lie Hmm. day in and day out. He creates controversy. She didn't mind any of that when it was Barack Obama. She didn't mind any of that. 
Obama was lying every day. He was alienating our, our friends. He was pissing off our enemies. Uh, if, if anybody was doing all of the things she's describing right now, it was Barack Obama. He can't get along with the members of Congress. He needs to be impeached. I want him impeached, and I'm going to continue my efforts to call for his impeachment. So when you were saying take him out, you were talking about your efforts to impeach him. Let me ask Absolutely. you something. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, understood? Yes. Gave you the opportunity to respond to it. Thank yes. you for taking it. You're welcome. Um, so let's say it wasn't a threat uh, against yes. the president's person, but... This talk is ugly talk on yes, both sides. Yes. Do you believe that uh, you and others should start and be the change that you want to see and have hmm. Good or question. high For a change level of decency in how you discuss those whom you want to criticize, especially when it's the president of the United States? I think that I have been extremely responsible oh in laying out the case for why this president should be impeached. Mm. I know that the right wing, the uh, white nationalists. I love how she always ties in white nationalists to the supporters of Donald Trump, as if everybody who supports him is a white nationalist or a racist of some sort or a neo-Nazi. I mean, that's despicable. That's absolutely despicable. And if impeachment is the goal, then why'd she say I'm going to take him out tonight? She didn't yeah, say I'm going to take him out starting tonight. Well, you can't take him out in one night if you're talking about impeachment. That's right. It, it's, it's ridiculous, it's this, this explanation. All of those who are organized around this president do uh, not like this. And people are not accustomed to uh, a woman in particular, an African-American woman, taking uh, this kind of leadership. Good golly. That, I mean, that's infuriating. <sighs> So she makes it about race. She makes it about being a woman. She makes it about white nationalists. <laughs> Just like, again, you know, I, I didn't go into this this administration uh, super hopeful. I wasn't the big Donald Trump supporter all during the campaign. I've never made that a secret. But wow, these people are so unhinged and so crazy. They push you to him. It's just so ludicrous, the things that they're saying. First of all, uh, she's not articulated one reason, one legitimate reason Trump should be impeached. Not one legit. There's no high crime and misdemeanor that, that we're discussing here. It's, tell me what the high crime and misdemeanor is, because that is the standard for impeachment. High crimes and misdemeanors. What are they? Look at the Constitution. That's exactly what it says. And short of that, you can't impeach the president. She's never articulated any of that. And yet, it's, it's always okay for the left, uh, and it, especially the extreme left, to say whatever they want to be as incendiary, inflammatory as they want, to make veiled threats like that, not so veiled threats, like you're going to take, take out the president tonight, and then we're supposed to believe that, oh gosh, that was... That was completely innocent. It's so bad that even at elementary schools, they're they're doing this kind of thing with Donald Trump. There, uh, there, there was a listen to this report from a, a local news team. Uh, I think this is in Los Angeles, and uh, they have brought a tombstone with Donald Trump's name on it to a party for fifth graders, which is 
fun. Backlash at a Gloucester Elementary School over a political display at a I Halloween party. A tombstone at the fifth grade party Friday night had President Trump's name on it. The principal says a parent brought the game. The party was hosted by the Parent Teacher Organization. A state oh. committee woman shared the picture on Facebook, calling the display despicable and asking the school to apologize. The school's principal sent an apology letter to parents saying school is not the place for politics. And in planning future events, it will be made clear to organizers that school is not the place to engage in or display political agendas or opinions. I mean, you know, had that been Barack Obama, that'd be on every newscast across the country. That'd be making national news. If somebody put Barack Obama's name on a tombstone and brought it to a Halloween party for kids. Yep. Same thing happened with another school, uh, this time making Trump into a scarecrow. An elementary school is scaring up controversy. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrea from GE. And I'm Peter Dowd. CBS 2's Greg Bills is live in Santa Clarita, where no matter what your politics are, a President Trump scarecrow has everyone talking right now. Greg. That it does, Peter. You know, it's awfully quiet, awfully peaceful here in Santa Clarita, as it usually is. But this school is involuntarily in the middle of a big, big controversy. Mm. This scarecrow is scaring up a lot of controversy in this part of Santa Clarita. I'm not happy about it. I feel that... You know, we need to have respect for our president. Each year, students here at the Santa Clarita Elementary School compete in a scarecrow contest, class against class. But on Facebook, hundreds believe it shows no class to have President Trump as a scarecrow. Sharon wrote she, the teacher, should be fired. Heather wrote she's a phenomenal teacher. The father of a student in this particular class spoke very highly of the teacher and said it was the kids who decided to depict the president with their scarecrow. He said the face is a mask one of the students had. They were appalled that they saw the POTUS being depicted in an evil manner, whereas all the other scarecrows were, you know, happy. POTUS, President of the United States. This woman's grandchild Thanks went to school, and she doesn't want her identity known. I'd like to see that that uh, scarecrow is not used again now or in the future. Lee Morell with the school district told me they haven't had a chance to look into this. They weren't even aware of the firestorm over this until today. He gave me this that the president of the school's parent-teacher club wrote. I apologize if this scarecrow is offensive. I do not believe it is the student's intention to be political. This was posted on Facebook last night and really took off. Well over a really thousand posts. Some think it's great. Some are asking for President Obama's face to be on a scarecrow to, quote, make it fair. Thank you. People are upset with the school and the teacher, while others are taking it in stride. Gee, I wonder how that breaks down uh, on political lines. I wonder if it's Democrat parents are fine with it and Republicans aren't. <laughs> I wonder, wonder if that's how that whole thing works out. Some parents say that it's really fine. Other parents are offended by it. How could that possibly happen? Huh. Could there be a political divide in this country? Huh. Hmm. And, and again, if it was Barack Obama being portrayed as a scarecrow, it would be racist. It would be hateful. The, the Secret Service would probably show up at your door and wonder if that was some kind of threat. Because... That's what happened all during the Barack Obama administration. Anything you said about Barack Obama because he was black was racist. Every Anything and everything. 888 uh, Let's go to Neil in Arizona. Hi, Neil. You're on the blaze. Hi, Mr. Gray. Again, uh, I thank you for talking about what's happening uh, in our representative from out there in California. I'm from L.A., San Fernando Valley. I was mm-hmm. up on the roof with the uh, riots at a gun shop. 
And mm-hmm. Maxine Waters, of course, was uh, very adamant that after the riots, when there was a call for over 30,000 guns that were stolen during the riots, that guns be turned in by the gang members that liberated them from places with uh, tow trucks and tools that they had before the verdict was given. Maxine Waters said it was uh, inappropriate that they should be able to keep them under the Second Amendment. And she, of course, was out mm. there dancing with the gang members afterwards. Unfortunately, she also has the idea that some of her people that protect her should carry guns. And then, of course, not right. with a permit. And that's an interesting problem because I had to sue the city of L.A. to get a permit to carry a gun. And her people were not carrying with the permit. Really pretty despicable. I mean, I, I don't appreciate the call. Thanks, Neil. I, I, I don't know how she stayed in office this long. How do the people of her district continue to put her back in office? First of all, she's butt stupid. Let's just face it. <laughs> she's not an intelligent representative uh, for the United States of America, for her people, for the district of Cal- in, in that she came from in California. Uh, she's just, she's pathetic. 888 Uh more coming up here in a second. When you were a kid, did you wear a helmet before or after you learned to ride a bicycle? Yeah, hopefully before, right? And during. Well, a lot of Americans prepare for emergencies after they've already happened, which is, you know, a little too late. That's why there's My Patriot Supply, America's most trusted emergency food storage provider. And they are for a reason. They have great people that you can trust and supplies for emergency food that you can depend on. It tastes great. It comes in uh, really handy pouches, so you don't have to worry about bull weevils getting into it or rat turds on it if you <laughs> you store it in your garage. Like, we stored our uh, year supply in our garage in Houston for a while and then had to throw it all out. This That's not the case with My Patriot Supply. I, that's why I highly recommend their food. It tastes fantastic. It's It's easy to store, and it lasts for up to 25 years. In its packaging. This week, you can get a 102 serving survival food supply, which includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner for less than a buck per, per serving. It, that's, a, that's an offer you can't beat anywhere. To get the special, call 888 411 5293, 888 411 5293, or order online at preparewithpat.com. That's preparewithpat.com. Uh, Brad Staggs joins us now. You know, I was going to uh, uh, not say earwax, but then you said rat turd. So I thought, why not? Mm-hmm. Why, not? Why, why not? You can say rat turd. I say, not, if, you That's know, a good point. If, That's a good point. Especially after food. Mm-hmm. But you know, if, uh, you're listening to the radio. There's some news you just don't want to hear, which is fine. You can leave your ears dirty. But if you really want to hear things, if you want to hear what's going on around you, you should try cleaning ears. And I don't mean with Q-tips either, because that actually makes the problem worse, mm-hmm. which is why. Doctor invented Use Wax RX. The Wax RX is amazing. You go to usewaxrx.com and you get the kit. By the way, I'm going to geek out again. I ordered one of the otoscopes yesterday. Oh, what? A uh, little thing you, you stick in your ear and you can see in your ear. So, Keith, oh. I'm going to have to have you look in my ear, take a picture when I get the otoscope. Uh, is there payment involved? Uh, just the, the satisfaction of a job well done will be payment enough. Okay. It's a three-step process, so to clean your ears, you put the, uh, uh, the wax softening drops in, you use the special bottle that has the, the, uh, gives you just the right amount of pressure. It's not like the ones you get at the store that aren't strong enough, and it's not like going to the doctor that costs an arm and a leg and is, can be quite uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. This cleans out your ear, and then there's a, a special rinse you put in afterward, pH-balanced rinse. Go to usewaxrx.com. I'm telling you, when you clean your ears out the right way, you hear the world in a whole new light. 
I guess would be the correct oh. term. Use WaxRx.com. If you use a promo code radio, you get uh, free standard shipping. Use WaxRx.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. Welcome. 888-933-93. As I mentioned yesterday and then uh, on uh, Glenn's show today, the cultural appropriation of the cowboy hat from Frederica Wilson needs to stop. (laughs) Right? It's got to stop. She's got to stop wearing the cowboy hats. Florida is not a cowboy state. I come from cowboy states. I live in a cowboy state. I come from Montana, and I live in Texas. Both cowboy states, both uh, prevalent in wearing cowboy hats with mostly white people. So for this African-American woman to wear a cowboy hat, she's appropriating my culture. And I am I'm horrifically offended. And you should be. And I, I, I need a safe space right now, and I can't find one. I can't because everywhere I look, there she is in a cowboy hat. She's got to stop wearing cowboy hats. Meanwhile, Cosmo is saying that uh, you're appropriating uh, the Polynesian culture if you wear a Moana costume for Halloween. (laughs) This Cosmopolitan magazine claims that letting your little girl dress up as Moana is racist if she's not the right color. The article references a mom who is afraid that letting her white daughter dress up as Elsa from Frozen is glorifying white privilege and that allowing her to be Moana is cultural appropriation. You know what? Just don't celebrate Halloween. If, if you're going to be this ridiculous, if you are that desperate for, to find offense in Halloween, then just ignore the holiday. Political correctness has just made it unbelievably, ridiculously hard uh, to let kids have fun and and just enjoy Halloween. Can we stop with this? If your kid wears a racist costume, you're kind of wearing it too, according to Cosmo. <laughs> that, I mean, that's that's just absolutely nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Literally, what what is acceptable now? Nothing. Like. Nothing. I, can you dress as a ghost? Are you appropriating dead culture? That's too white. I I don't know. I just I. It's it's so ridiculous. I, I this cultural appropriation. I was reading up on it last week because it it was being talked about so much uh, concerning Halloween and universities all over the country are threatening their students that they can be kicked out of school if they wear uh if they wear a costume a Halloween costume. That offends anyone. They're doing classes and seminars on it. They're warning them not to appropriate anybody's culture. You certainly can't dress as a Native American. You can't put on an Indian headdress. You you can't uh, obviously wear dreadlocks because that would offend uh, African Americans. I don't suppose you can. I mean, can you can you be a rapper? Is Eminem is a white guy? Are you appropriating a culture if you're a rapper? I would say so. Hmm. I don't know what you can. I don't know what you can do. What you can be? Maybe can you be a vampire? 
Because I guess those come from Transylvania and nobody cares about uh, European culture. Right. European culture is okay to appropriate. I thought, I thought it was a great point. Remember that caller we had uh, that said, what, at what point have we crossed from honoring other cultures to now? Yeah, to now it's an offense. <laughs> Where is a great point. I, Where was that? I, I don't know. I, I guess 2011. When I, when I look back, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. trying to figure this out, it was... And I can't remember. It was an Ohio University, I think. Maybe it was Ohio, the University of Ohio. Yeah. It wasn't Ohio State, but it was a university in Ohio, and they started the, the cultural appropriation nonsense. And it is spread like wildfire through this culture where people are just, they're glomming onto it. It's going to ruin, it really already has ruined Halloween. Wait a minute. I just thought of something. We can't go as food either. Because that's going to piss off vegans and vegetarians, stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. like, if you go as a slice of pizza... Mm. Uh, jeez, man. Unless it's a uh, vegan, uh, a vegan pizza. Like maybe soy. Like I can go maybe. soy milk. Yeah. Organic soy milk. Without any, you can't have dairy though, so it can't be actual cheese. No hormones. No. That's bad. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, are we really going to allow this? I guess we already have. Mm-hmm. Seems like we we're already there. We're already to the point where we're so afraid to offend anybody. To uh, I I guess. Just exercise our free will, because if you do that, then it's white privilege. <laughs> I mean, it's we are so tied up and and so uptight in this society now that you can't do anything. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, Matt Damon and George Clooney were talking about uh, Harvey Weinstein in a big interview that they did yesterday. And Matt Damon admitted he knew that Harvey Weinstein was an a-hole and a bully. Here's, here's what he said yesterday. You had to spend about five minutes with him to know that he was a bully, he was intimidating. That was his, that was his legend. That was his whole kind of MO. Like, you, you know, could you survive a meeting with Harvey? Could you survive? Could you stand up for yourself with Harvey? And the people who worked for him were like, you know, I'm coming here to make good movies. Miramax was the place, really the place that was making great stuff in the 90s. So when people say, like, everybody knew, like, yeah, I knew. I knew it was You know, I mean, mm. every, he, he was proud of that. You know what I mean? He, that's how he carried himself. And I knew he was a, a womanizer. You know, I wouldn't want to be married to the guy. But, like, I'm not, you know, it's not my business, really. But... This level of criminal sexual predation is not something that I ever thought would was going on. Absolutely not. Except that he admits he knew that Gwyneth Paltrow was sexually harassed. Gwyneth Paltrow, when she did, uh, was it Shakespeare in Love? I think with Harvey Weinstein, she was sexually assaulted by him. And she told Ben Affleck, who told Matt Damon. So he knew that much. And then he tries to say he didn't know. Well, yes, you did. Yes, you did. And you did nothing. You did nothing. Just like George Clooney. Clooney also says that uh, Harvey would tell him about his affairs, but he didn't really believe it. Here's what he said. Harvey would talk to me about uh, women that he'd had affairs with. I didn't necessarily believe them, quite honestly, because to believe them would be to believe kind of the worst of some actresses who were friends of mine. And I don't and I didn't really think that they were going to have affairs with Harvey, quite honestly. And clearly they didn't. But the idea that this predator, this assaulter, was out there silencing women like that, uh, it's, it's beyond infuriating. And the fact that the story is coming out now and the more it comes out, I want to know all of it. 
And so then he decides to tell us what we need to do about it. Uh, here's what he thinks. How do we change? There has to be a comeuppance for all of this, all of the people who are part of that chain. And then we have to make it safe for people to feel that they can talk about this. And in doing that, I think that'll scare away that kind of behavior. But more than anything, you're going to have to have a warning shot over the bow of those, anyone who would act like that, that you will be outed and you'll be out of the business. And more than that, you might be prosecuted. I think these guys have been caught in their hypocrisy and they're just backtracking as much as they possibly can. Yep. Trying to stay out of the line of fire because all they want is their $20 million paycheck to keep coming movie after movie. And if that if that means they wash their hands of Harvey Weinstein and what he did to so many women, probably hundreds of women, then so be it. 888-933-93. Pat Gray Unleashed. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. I'd really like to know if anybody's actually concerned about this cultural appropriation nonsense on Halloween. Do you even care about this? Are you going to, are you thinking about it when you go to get a costume for yourself or your kids? <laughs> I'd really love to, I would love to know because my hope is everybody's just ignoring this yeah, nonsense. It, it actually makes me want to go as an Indian. I mean, <laughs> it does. I'm sorry, Native American. I know. It, it, <laughs> just seriously. It, it does. <laughs> It just it makes you feel defiant. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get so ridiculous. Wait till you see my costume. That- I'm gonna appropriate every possible culture I can. I'm gonna mix appropriate cultures. How it, about that? And it's the left overplaying their hand so ridiculously Again. that got us President Trump. Yeah, people fought back yes. at the ballot box. Yes, said, exactly. all right. You 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 don't believe I'm gonna do this? I'm gonna do this. There you go. And you, and you think we're going to be silent? Well, I'm going to vote for somebody who, who won't be silent. And I, th- I think that was the biggest appeal of Donald Trump is that he's not silent. He just, he doesn't take it. He doesn't just sit down and let you run over the top of him. He'll come at you. And people love that. And there's kind of good reason for that. Because we've, we've seen Republicans roll over and play dead for far too long. And, and they can't seem to defend themselves. And here we are again where an entire civilization is being held hostage by political correctness. And you can't even celebrate a a fun holiday like Halloween without having to be concerned that somebody's going to call you a racist or a hater, a cultural appropriator. It's just pathetic. And yet, Frederica Wilson in the U.S. Congress can wear a cowboy hat. She's from Florida. She's black. Okay, that's a white people thing. Cowboy hats are white people things. Look at any Western movie. Who's wearing the cowboy hats? The white people. So that is, you're appropriating my culture from my states, Montana and Texas. It's a Western thing. It's a white person thing. And Frederica Wilson needs to stop wearing cowboy hats. Why has nobody told her that?
She's dressed like it's Halloween every single day. So I'm just curious, <laughs> are you concerned at all in any way about this cultural appropriation nonsense? And what, what are you planning to do for Halloween for yourself or, or your kids? Uh, I am reading that people are really trying desperately to abide by this when they're going to uh, adult parties even. What? That, yeah, they're, that they're really thinking of this. Well, I don't want to, okay, if that's a bad thing to appropriate people's culture, I, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. It only became a thing six years ago from some stupid university that's run by progressives. It's not a thing. But we allowed it to become a thing, I guess, to the point where Cosmo now says you can't, you can't dress your daughter in a Moana costume because that's racist unless they're Polynesian. I, I, I know a lot of Polynesians. I go to church with Polynesians. I'm going to ask them. If, that, if they're offended if somebody dresses up as Moana for Halloween, I, I, I don't think there's any way they're offended. It's these left-wing nutjobs that are offended on their behalf. You do a pat poll on that? I'm going to do a pat poll, yeah. Uh, I think we can go ahead and 100% just... 100% of people are yeah. going to say, 100% of people say, I'm not offended by it. I don't care. Exit poll say. <laughs> we don't have to wait for the actual right. poll. We got a pat yeah, poll, baby. I don't even have to ask anybody. I already know. <laughs> okay. Uh, 888-900-3393. Melanie in Pennsylvania, you're on The Blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How are you? Doing good. All right. So here's the mm-hmm. irony of it all. Mm-hmm. My daughter's school sent out the memo about what's offensive and not offensive. Did they really? Halloween parade. Yeah, they did. And what, what town in Today, Pennsylvania do, li- do you live in? I am in Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Okay, I don't know where that is. We're but. pretty much we're we're pretty much Jersey. Okay. Um, anyway, so today, as we speak, my 11 year old daughter is at school today. Where your favorite sports jersey? Wearing an Peterson jersey. So she's just wearing right. a sports jersey. Is it? And it's a it's a Halloween dress up day at school. No, no, no. It's just it's it's Education Week. Okay. So they do a different thing every day. Yeah. So today is Jersey Day, so it's okay for her to go. No one raises an eyebrow. Right. That she's wearing a black NFL player's jersey. Uh oh. And she's white. She's white. <laughs> <laughs> she's a doll. She can't be a voodoo doll. Yeah. For Halloween. Right. Oh man. You see the irony in it? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. But you are you're kind of bending to their will, and you're trying to you're trying to play the game with them. Oh no no no! She's going to be a no? voodoo doll for Halloween. Oh, is she really? <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Yeah. So you're going to be bold and brave and just go for it. Uh, and, well, that and, or she can be a baseball player. I don't uh, know. <laughs> All right, thanks, Melanie. I, I'm sure they'll think that voodoo dolls are appropriating what Haitian culture. Uh, I think they do that in New Orleans. You're appropriating mm-hmm. Louisiana culture. Mm-hmm. Eric in Florida. Hi, you're on you're on the blaze. Hey, appreciate that. Hey, wanted to clarify something with you real quick. Okay. Quick. Um Florida is a cowboy state. Oh Most no. People don't think of it that way. No, they sure don't because, because it's not. It's, beaches, it's not. Yes, it is. It's no. the largest beef cattle state east of the Mississippi. <laughs> and high school rodeo well, is just east as of the Mississippi high school football. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but east of the Mississippi, that's quite a qualifier. It is. I mean, it <laughs> may not be as big as Texas or Montana, but right, 
Right. We do have a lot of Cowboys. You tell me, Eric, I will agree with you. I I will go along with Florida being a Cowboy state if you can name one Western movie that takes place in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me one cattle drive that ever came from Florida. And I, oh. I'll go along for the ride. You can't okay, do well, it. They don't make any movies there. You're right. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. Nice try. I mean, it was a valiant effort, mm-hmm. uh, but you didn't have a chance. Uh-huh. Um, and that's good because, I mean, you're supporting Frederica Wilson appropriating my culture if you, if you say that, that Florida is a cowboy state. Uh, somebody uh, tweeted a picture to you, by the way. Um, that we're going to try to get up on the screen a little bit later. Uh, GD Chapel sent this. He said, this truck just pulled up next to me. I had to share it with you, Pat. And uh, so it's at Pat Unleashed, if you want to tweet, Pat. And it's uh, it's got a bumper sticker on the truck uh, of the state of Florida, and it's got a cowboy hat on the state of Florida resting in the upper left-hand corner. No, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Are you triggered right now? I, yes, very much so. Oh. Again, I'm looking for a safe space, and I can't find one. Nope. I can't find one. Hmm. I don't even know if I can finish the show, frankly. No, come on now. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, you're appropriating my culture. You're offending me. You're hurting me. I'm, I'm, I'm a little frightened now that, that people are, are entering my space huh. and my culture without my permission. Can I get you a blanket? Maybe a little blankie? Do you remember the, do you remember the white kid? He, he, was, he was a kid who liked African-American culture. And he, he actually did his hair in dreadlocks. And was walking around the school, and he got accosted by three black girls, and they were yelling and screaming at him. There was a, a viral video that went out because they're yelling at him about appropriating their culture. Ugh. And she, th- the girls just attacked him and wanted him immediately to remove his dreadlocks. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember that. But wow. that's that's how I'm feeling oh, you know, right I, now with the state of Florida. I see the, I see Are the video now. Yeah, is a is what that, col- does it say what college it was? Uh, I think it was uh, San Francisco State University. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. And, I mean, see, so this thing has gotten pretty crazy, and people are confronted in person. Uh, there have been uh, fights that have developed over this cultural appropriation nonsense. It's kind of serious, and and this is why we can't just sit idly by and say, okay, all right, yeah, cultural appropriation is a thing, and I won't appropriate your culture. I won't dress like a Native American. I I won't I won't dress like an NFL football player who's black. I I mean I won't have dreadlocks. How ridiculous is it? Absolutely insane. This country is it's over the edge. I mean, completely. We can't even see completely. the top of the cliff. We're so far down now. Yeah, <laughs> there is a uh, a movie out where they're making a serial killer out of a pro life person, and the movie is called Snowman. Have you heard about this? I I'm aware I'm aware of the previews. I didn't realize that it was on uh, that basis. There, Rex Reed has done a couple of great reviews lately. He's a he's a movie reviewer, and he did a review. Of the ridiculous Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, Mother, and talked about how silly that was and how ridiculously liberal and progressive it was. And he's done pretty much the same thing uh, with this new Snowman movie. He says, not a single scene works as anything more than a total waste of good film. A serial killer is on the prowl in the freezing winter waste of and in need of his teenage son's respect. 
Harry wants to make good this time, which isn't easy when you wake up in Norway. So this whole thing takes place in Norway. Michael Fosbender appears as a curious, dissipated drunk assigned to the case for no reason. The Oslo Police Department must be desperate. The laughs begin when the detective's name, Harry Hole, wait, <laughs> is announced. Still drawn to his ex-wife, of course, is not always the case. The anemic-looking Charlotte Gainsbourg, I don't know who that is, up in a stupor every morning. In an, she, he wakes up in a stupor every morning in an alley or under a drawbridge. All he knows about the killer is that he stalks his victims, slices their heads off with a wire noose, and mails them to their loved ones in a box from the Norwegian post office. So they're making this pro-life serial killer as ridiculous and violent and hateful as is humanly possible. <laughs> all of the victims have one thing in common. They all recently terminated pregnancies. Okay. So and they all had abortions. And now, so the serial killer is going after him to kill him because they had abortions. I, I hate to backtrack, but I just want to make sure I know this. The, the killer's name is Harry Hole? No, the, the police oh, the detective, detective. Detective. Okay, gotcha. Who's after the killer is Got Harry it. Hole. My bad. <laughs> I knew there was a Harry Hole somewhere in the movie. Got it. <laughs> no attempt is made to humanize the women or the detectives working on the case in the Bureau of Missing Persons. The acting is barely above the level of a murmur, including Mr. Fossbender, a Norwegian with a British accent and bloodshot eyes, who looks <laughs> terminally catatonic. Oh, boy. I love these reviews because he doesn't play the Hollywood game where everything yeah. that comes out that's progressive must be glorified and praised. And he doesn't He doesn't play that. I don't know if that means Rex Reed is, uh, is conservative. I doubt it. But I love to read these. Um, yeah. I love to read these reviews of these progressive movies because he tells the truth about them. Which is what we need to do every day right. with these people. Just tell the truth. And I, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone, but does Harry Hole get his guy? You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for you. I'm okay. not gonna spoil it for you. If you want to watch this waste of film, mm -hmm. you know, who am I? I just who am I to to, to spoil it? Wanna see it. I'm I'm just hoping Harry Hole gets his man. Mm -hmm. I really am. <laughs> Now, Michael Fosbender, he's the guy who played Steve Jobs in one of the Jobs movies, right? I don't know. Yeah. he. Uh, Ashton Kutcher played played him in one of them, and then yeah. Fosbender was in the other one. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's a pretty good actor, uh, but apparently should not have taken this part. 888 mm -mm. Your call's coming up here on Pat Gray Unleashed. Um, let me tell you about... A new, a, a new sponsor to the show, which is GoTenna. Uh, preparedness, uh, I think you know, is close to my heart. And although the principles of preparedness haven't changed, technology certainly has. And GoTenna Mesh powers the first off-grid, mobile, long-range, consumer-ready mesh network. These really handy things, you just clip them to your belt, put them on your backpack. So cool. Whatever. They're really cool and really effective. And then... Uh, you can send texts and GPS locations without cell towers, routers, or satellites. That is awesome. You talk about amazing? peace of mind when you get out in the woods or some remote place. No kidding. You got a Gotenna, you're safe. From outdoor so if you're an outdoor enthusiast or you're an avid traveler, and you, you just have a couple of these, and anybody who needs off-grid communication solutions, uh, when the service is unavailable or unreliable, Gotenna is for you. You think about the recent hurricanes we've had, the wildfires or, you know, the horrible shooting in Vegas when cell towers can go down or they can be jammed. This is there for you on those occasions. 
All you have to do is pair the device with your phone using the GoTenna app or just leave it unpaired in strategic locations to relay communications from device to device. And right now, when you go to GoTenna.com, use the promo code PAT15, PAT15, get 15% off your order of two, four, or eight packs. Now you can create a pop-up mesh network anytime, anywhere, and your network won't go dark when central cell infrastructure fails. Don't wait until you need it to act. Uh, visit GoTenna.com today, and you'll save 15% with the promo code PAT15. That's GoTenna.com. GoTenna.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. No longer Twitterless. You can tweet me at Pat Unleashed. The Blaze Keith, Jeff MRA. We get all those uh, and use the hashtag TellPat. Uh, you can listen to the show too whenever you want. Uh, if you miss any portion or you want to catch up on, on a day that you missed, go to iTunes and download the podcast. SoundCloud, Stitcher, BlazeRadio.com, or the Blaze TV. It's all over the place. I uh, got some tweets here. Uh, this one from TMB Jackal. Uh, Maxine can't win. Maxine Waters, you speaking of, can't win in the arena of ideas or accomplishments. So she has to resort to race and gender cards. No doubt about that. Uh, for Halloween, Pat, I'm I'm going to be the CNN Apple. Hashtag facts or facts. <laughs> nice. Uh, that that ad that they just put out about. An apple is an apple, and it's not a banana, even if people say it is, is the most mocked ad of any kind from anyone I think I've seen in a really long time. Here's just one of the mocking parodies uh, that are out there. This is a man. Uh Some people might try to tell you it's a woman. They might scream, woman, woman, woman over and over and over again. They might put WOMAN in all caps. You might even start to believe that this is a woman. Mm-hmm. But it's not. So great. This is a man. I love it. Uh, also this at Pat Unleashed. I'm going to dress as white privilege for Halloween because I like to dress up as imaginary things. <laughs> Another great point. Awesome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Is this bothering you at all? Are are you following these guidelines from schools, from uh, universities, from your workplace? Are are you caving into this with either your own Halloween outfit or your kids? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Smitty in Illinois, you're on the blaze. Hey, hi. I love you guys. Thanks. Everybody at the blaze rock. Appreciate. It. Thanks. Okay. Now, my point being, when I was a child, uh, born a poor white child, mm-hmm. I dressed as a hobo because we had the things at home to do it with. Yep. Never had a problem with it. <laughs> Nobody ever said anything. Didn't have the homeless knocking on my door. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, um, and uh, my daughter dressed her a lot of times as a zombie for the same reason. Okay. We pretty much had it here. Yep. Um, this year... 
I, I find it I find it so picky. My gosh, how many people are offended? How many times do we get have to get a rule about something? Yes. And, and this year, my husband, for the first time ever, is going to dress together with me as a couple. He is going to wear his black his blue jeans like he always does, a black T-shirt, which is usually like a Harley. I got him a black one this time. It says nothing. Uh-huh. And his suspenders. I'm writing on the front of his shirt um, something, and I'm going to dress as a pumpkin. And on his shirt reads, Peter, Peter, and dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. So, Very well. All right. We're going as Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater. <laughs> and I, being his wife, am the pumpkin. Are the pumpkin. We, 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 yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Lead us right up. I got gotcha. you. All right. I All just right. want to say again, I love you guys. Have Thanks, a good day. Thanks, Appreciate it. <laughs> She it wasn't. Uh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming at all. So right to the punch. Yeah, she did. Uh, Susan in Rhode Island, you're on the blaze. Hi guys. Hi. Good to speak with you again. You too. You know, I think we're headed on a trajectory where uh, pretty soon they're going to be saying we're actually appropriating the human race. Yeah, I know. And that's what I'm a little fearful of this Halloween. I'm going to be dressing my six-year-old as Audrey Hepburn in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, that's cute. And I'll probably get called out for it by some crazy person. Remember, this is Rhode Island. Yeah. Because my six-year-old is a six-year-old Cairn Terrier. Oh, is a, so dress, a, do- a we, dog? We, yes. Okay. And we dress her every year because uh-huh. my husband is a piano teacher, and we have a lot of young students, and they love to see her dressed up at Halloween. Yeah, I bet they do. But well, well, that's you know a, what? That's adorable. Now I'm fearful. Yeah. Am I appropriating the human race? <laughs> <laughs> you are. Uh, you'll probably hear so. that from your neighbors. Thanks, Susan. Probably will. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I mean, it, it is almost that ridiculous. The latest is uh, Moana. Cosmo magazine is telling us that if your child is white and she dresses as Moana, and I'm just assuming there that it would be a female that would want to dress as Moana, which is incredibly hateful mm-hmm. and. Uh, and presumptuous of me because mm-hmm. maybe boys want to dress as Moana too. Who am I to say? Mm. Who are you? But if she's white and she dresses as Moana, then you're a racist. Okay. Because I guess you have to be Polynesian in order to dress as Moana. I, I mean, and wouldn't that really be because g- little girls would want to dress like Moana because they love the story, right? They loved her. Yep. It's not an insult. It's not to offend Polynesian culture. It is to pay tribute to it. Yeah. It's to praise it. Just uh, So this whole thing doesn't make sense. Help me to understand stuff here. Please help me. I'm a simple mind. What if a little Polynesian girl wants to dress up as Cinderella? Is that is that Come. okay? <laughs> That's okay. Yes? Uh, no? What? Wow. Well, yeah, I okay. guess, because the culture you're appropriating, just like in Frederica Wilson's case, is white. white. It's white culture, and that's okay. You can do whatever you want uh, to white people. I'm getting the common denominator. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. White privilege has made it so that none of us can be offended by anything. Scott in Texas, welcome to The Blaze. Pat, I love your show. I just wanted to yes. talk about this cultural appropriation thing and why... It's, it's not confusing at all to me what the left is trying to do. Okay. Um, and here's why. Uh, what's the end state? The end state is 
socialist utopia, right? The mm-hmm. fundamental transformation of America, right? Yep. So how did they get there? Well, if you listen to Obama and Hillary and and uh, Michelle Obama, and you you say that they say they we need to fundamentally transform America. They need to change our culture. We need to change our religion. We need to change our values. Right. So their goal is to destroy American culture so that they can achieve the end state, the socialist utopia. So they have to go after our culture. They have to go after our holidays. They have to go after our traditions. And so if you view it through the lens mm. of the that they believe that the ends justifies the means, that anything is justified, no matter how absurd, no matter how immoral, as long as it helps us to move the needle, to, to move towards our, our agenda, right? So, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to go after our holidays. Of course, they're going to go after our culture. Of course, they're going to really? go after these stupid Melania, whatever. Really great costumes. point, Scott. Appreciate the call. That's a great point. Uh We'll play the statement from Michelle Obama where she claimed that that was the goal. Coming up here. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-933-93. Cultural appropriation. Is it a thing in your life? Have you received directives from schools, universities, workplaces? This thing is really spread like wildfire. We were researching this a little bit last week because it's become so all-encompassing, at least at colleges. And so I was trying to find out, where did this even come from? None of us had ever heard of cultural appropriation 10 years ago. It just wasn't a thing. Then all of a sudden, now you got to pay attention to, oh my gosh, you're insulting somebody if you wear a costume that depicts their their culture and, and their dress style. Well, it's ridiculous. It's more of a tribute than anything else. And Cosmo has an article that if you dress your little girls as Moana, uh, you're a racist. Unless you're Polynesian, then you can do it, I guess. Or probably any other minority. Because it's only white people that can offend uh, others' sensibilities. Now, that's part of our white privilege, I guess. We're the only ones who can offend people. <laughs> it's really, so that's what we get out of it. Yeah, that's the privilege we okay, have. I've we can offend people. What is it that we got? Okay, <laughs> we can offend people. Yeah, noted. Mm-hmm. So jot that down. Got it. Uh, and here's one of those. Here's one of the cases that I was talking about. There was a kid confronted. Is this is San Francisco State University? Right. Correct. White kid, and it, it seems to me when I read the article that came along with the video and which went viral, he liked. To, you know, he likes rap music. He likes black culture. And, and so he had dreadlocks. And he's confronted by, by a black girl about cultural appropriation. Uh, here's that little scene for you. Do we, do we have that available? Oh, we don't have the video. Mm, okay. Uh, triple, well, well, we'll wait and see mm. if maybe we can get that in the system later on. Triple eight. 933393. Also, a few minutes ago, Scott made the point that he knows why this is happening, and it, it goes back to the Obamas, who told us. Uh, Barack Obama told us five days before the 2008 
election that we were five days away from fundamental transformation of the United States of America. Why would you fundamentally transform something you love? We used to make that point all the time. If you love something, like if you, t- would you ever tell your wife or your husband, you know, I really do love you, but I'm going to fundamentally transform you <laughs> because uh, I, 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 that's how much I love you. I just want you to be completely different. Doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense at all. So Obama said that, and Michelle said this during that same election cycle. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We are going to have to change our conversation. Uh, we're going to have to change our traditions, our history. We're going to have to move into a different place. Okay, so we're going to have to change our conversation. We're going to have to change our traditions. I don't want to change our tra- What are you talking about? Huh. And we're going to have to change our history. What do you mean we change our You can't change our history. Or can they? Can they revise our history? Which is exactly what they're doing. They're, they're revising the stuff they don't like. They're changing things to make it to, to fit their agenda. They're absolutely doing all of those things. They've changed the conversation. They've, they're trying to change our traditions. And in many cases, they've been successful. I mean, look at what's happening here for Halloween. And they're, they're trying to change our history. They're trying to make everything that was good in this country seem bad, and all the bad things are good. The huge government overreach into everything is good because that's, that just helps poor people, and that evens everything out. Nobody's better at evening the playing field than the government. <laughs> when has the government ever done anything uh, improperly? <laughs> when have they ever done anything that is wasteful? When have they ever done anything that didn't turn out well? Is this like an assignment? Like, can I get back to you? Yeah, it's a pretty easy one. It's only in every single case. Oh. It's just virtually every time is when government screwed things up. And yet we're supposed to trust that they're the ones who, who know where we need to head on, on every single issue. Uh, so you can give us a call at 888 I'd like to know if you're caving into this cultural appropriation or if it's even, you know, become an issue in your life at all. Are, are people sending notes home from school that you better not dress your kids a certain way, that it's racist to do a Moana costume? We don't want to see any hobos. Although, I, you know, I, I, is that a culture? Is hoboism a culture? Because I've heard that you can't dress as hobos. That's insulting. To the homeless. Huh. They're not a costume. They're, you know, a people whose lives are turned upside down. Turned upside down. Yeah. So. You can't, you can't do like Halloween. uh, They used to put Halloween haunted houses in insane asylums. That is apparently taboo now. And they're trying to, they're trying to put a stop to that because you can't make fun of the mentally ill. Uh, I mean, wait a minute. Hold on. I want to know who you can make fun of. Oh, wait a minute. That's part of our white privilege yeah, the, white, again. the white people. We're, right. we're privileged enough to be made fun of. <laughs> I can't take it. I know. Okay. I know yep. it's exasperating. But we're learning today, at least. But see, this is what happens when you get so far away from the United States Constitution. When you lose sight of your rights and you buy into people saying, well, you can't offend me. Well, yes, I, first of all, yes, I can. You, you don't have to stand around for it. You don't have to look at it. You don't, you don't have to like it. But offending people, 
uh, and their sensibilities, it's impossible not to because we don't know everything that offends people. And you're going to do it accidentally, if nothing else. So that's not a constitutional thing. We still have the right of expression and speech. Wait a minute. And that's part, that's part of Halloween, really. It's our right to be able to dress up as whatever we want. Was it Reader's Digest? There was some publication that came out with a little bit of common sense this week and said, don't listen to this cultural appropriation crap. Dress your kids however you want and don't worry about it. Which is, uh, which is the way I'd go. I'm kind of shocked that you're not aware of the no offense clause in the Constitution, Pat. Yeah, it's right. In, is that in the good and plenty section? Yeah, it's underneath. It's like part <laughs> B. It's right under the space where it says separation of church and state. <laughs> okay. Uh, Larry in Arizona, welcome to the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. Hey. My uh, statement is on cultural appropriation, specifically of Native American headdresses. Okay. I understand they claim that uh, the headdresses are sacred, and they're, they're ceremonial, mm-hmm. in which case, yeah, to use them would be, be inappropriate. Yet, at any one of a hundred tribal-run, tribal-owned tourist trap gift shops across <laughs> I-40, you can buy a headdress. Right. So are they sacred if you are selling what is sacred? Can you claim cultural appropriation when you yourself sell your sacred items to any Joe Schmo with a couple of dollars? That's an excellent question. Excellent question. And I, you know, appreciate the call, Larry. I, I would hazard a guess that many of the Native Americans aren't even offended by it. Because like you said, they, they sell these headdresses in gift shops and things. It's, it's the liberals and progressives, and usually the white elite liberals and progressives, that are offended on their behalf and start making their rules on their behalf. Just like the Washington Redskins, 90% of Native Americans have no problem with that nickname. 90%. So it's the white liberals who have a problem with it, and they're the ones who are always making the noise about it. Lee in Tennessee, welcome to The Blaze. Hi. Pat, good to talk to you. You too. Uh, I've got some information, unfortunately, I'm going to share with you. Okay. Uh, first off, you're absolutely right. Ms. Wilson in Florida is a fruitcake. Yes. If if that can that can be politically incorrect in use. Mm-hmm. However, right after the Civil War, many of the freed uh, black families moved out into the Western territories, mm-hmm. and the original cattle drives employed the black uh, freed slaves and Mexicans to start the uh, the system of driving cattle long distance. Those people appropriated from South American gauchos the lariats, the horn saddle, and a lot of the clothes they wore. Uh, and uh, it was uh, years later when uh, Hollywood started stealing images, mm-hmm. they made all the cowboys white now i'm not saying they're not today i am i'm one uh i'm also a cavalry a former cavalry officer we wore stetsons and and it didn't matter but in the original day and time some of the first cowboys in america were mexicans and black people uh latino and african-american now is the term Mm mm-hmm who appropriated their style from South America. Not in any Western movie I've ever seen, Lee. 
I and that's all I have I to go on is High Noon, Shane, all of those classic. Absolutely, it was Hollywood uh-huh. that took all those stories. I'll give you two other quick examples. Okay, if you'll let me, I will. Uh, okay, first example: The Magnificent Seven, originally with Yul Brenner. Yep, and that was taken away from a legend and a uh, '30s movie. From a Japanese story, uh, it wasn't even American. Really? And wow! Second, I didn't Hollywood know that. Hollywood took uh, a man named Bass Reeves, who was an original marshal in the Indian territories after the wars, mm-hmm. and patterned the Lone Ranger after Bass Reeves, a former freed black slave, one of the greatest marshals the Indian territories ever knew. And and I don't disagree with you. All of all of the movies I ever grew up with uh, and TV shows, mm-hmm. it was always the white guy in the saddle. Yep. Now I'm not sure Hollywood is the best indicator of uh, truth and uh, I history. Absolutely agree. <laughs> uh, appreciate the call, Lee. I just can't accept any of it because that legitimizes Frederica Wilson wearing a, a cowboy hat, and I can't have that. Okay, I've got I've got to get her to stop wearing the cow, cowboy hats because I'm going to continue to claim that in this day and age she's appropriating my culture, and I want it to stop. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about the Cosmo Hertz Kids campaign, which uh, we talk about every day. They're on a mission, and if you haven't checked into this yet, you really should, especially if you have kids. The founder of the movement is Victoria Hurst, and she's part of the Hurst family which owns the Hearst Corporation, who publishes Cosmo magazine. She, so she's not, she's not trying to run Cosmo out of business, and she's not trying to censor the magazine. She just wants states' material harmful to minor laws, and every state has them. She wants those applied to Cosmopolitan magazine so that they can't sell to any kids under 18. It, it just stops pornography from being sold to children, and she believes that there is por- pornography, soft porn, in Cosmo, uh, there's plenty of articles that are completely risque. There's a lot of photos in there of scantily clad people, and it's just not a good idea for kids to have access to it. So that's what the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign is all about. Still believe in free speech and still believe they have a right to be in business. Just don't sell it to kids under 18. Do you believe that too? Visit CosmoHurtsKids.com to learn more. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray. And Barack knows that we are going to have to make sacrifices. We're going to have to change our conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to have to change our traditions, Traditions, our history. history. We're going to have to move Move. into a different place. Into a different place. Boy, we really have done that. It uh, didn't take long for Barack to accomplish a lot of those goals, to fundamentally change the United States of America and to change our conversation, our traditions, and our history. Here we are. Ta-da! I uh, gotten some uh, tweets coming in from at Pat Unleashed. Uh, first of all, Pat, dreadlocks are not, this is from Shane, dreadlocks are not just black culture. They're also Viking culture. 
homeless culture than anyone with unwashed long hair. <laughs> My understanding is you can't wash dreadlocks. Is that right? I, I've never yeah, had dreadlocks, so I'm not sure, but I, I think that's a thing. Uh, also, from Zach, he says, I'm going to be a, a black lesbian, half Indian, uh, taco-eating polar bear for Halloween. Yeah, that's it's Covers the bases. Covers it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Jeremy, Democrats attract, attacking... Uh, I'm not even going to read What's that. Wrong? What are you doing, dude? Don't be throwing away people's tweets. I'm, I'm not even reading that one. Can I read it then? Go ahead. Yeah, there you go. Smart Alec. Jeremy Barnes tweets, oh, this is cute. Democrats attacking Trump is a losing strategy. What makes them think they can appropriate BYU football strategy? <laughs> Wait. That's, uh, that's just wrong. That's Hold just on. wrong of you to do, Jeremy. Why would you do that? I'm not going to laugh too loudly because I'm a Falcons and Huskers fan. So... The Huskers lose last weekend? Uh, no, no, they did not they lose. Did, they didn't play? They didn't lose. Okay. Uh, 888-900-3393 with this cultural appropriation thing. What is your experience with it? Do you have any experience with it? Is it moving you into believing that you really shouldn't dress your children or yourself in certain ways for Halloween? And are you getting flack from schools on this? Uh, Gloria in Texas, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. Uh, I feel like that you are appropriating cotton culture. I, I am? Oh boy. In, in what way? Yes, sir. Well, when you do the My Patriot Supply uh-huh. uh, advertisement, yep. you often say bull weevil. Mm-hmm. Bull weevils are a cotton pest, and the <laughs> weevils you're speaking of are grain weevils. Oh, <laughs> grain. really? Well, that she's got you. That's a technicality I didn't even know. She got. You. Is that true? Yeah. I, it's true. I'm I'm not an entomologist. Uh-huh. I'm the daughter of a cotton farmer, mm-hmm. and I'm fixing to be on cotton harvest here pretty soon. They're two. I'm not an entomologist, but they're two different bugs. Okay. Well, I appreciate your. Uh, I appreciate the clarification. Thanks, Gloria. For years, I've been thinking they were boll weevils that ruined my year supply before I bought. My Patriot supply, year supply. Look at that man, you've been blaming the wrong. Been blaming the wrong. Pest. I mean, uh, that's false. Uh, it's just a false accusation uh, mm. against harmless bull weevils. Huh. Mm. I'm going to continue to do it. Cause really? I, don't know, I didn't even know there were grain weevils. But yeah. uh, I mean, you don't want to mess with good alliteration. I, I will say this. Going there. Some nasty bug was in my food supply. <laughs> we had to throw it all out. Uh, 888-933-93. Also, uh, we said we'd get this uh, protester from... I think he's at the Capitol, right? Yeah. The mm-hmm. president went to the Capitol to have lunch with uh, some of the leadership in the Senate and, and maybe the House. And he, on his way to this, in the Capitol, was accosted by this guy, this protester. Tax cuts when they should be talking about treason. This president conspired with the agents of the Russian government to steal an election. What? We should be talking about treason in Congress. What's your name? Not about tax cuts. Ryan Clayton from American State Action. Ryan Clayton from American State Action. How did that guy get in the building? Oh. What's he doing that close to the president of the United States? Good golly. It's treason. So, I, I love the fact that there's no evidence none that the russians actually influenced the election in fact quite the opposite they didn't influence the election did they try to yeah they did was trump in on that 
Yeah, absolutely not. That's just ludicrous. Ugh, that's just... I, you know, it depends on who these guys are listening to, and they just buy it wholeheartedly. They don't do any investigation. Of course, the same thing happens uh, on the other side of the of the political spectrum with people like, uh, you know, Alex Jones. People just buy into that stuff wholeheartedly, too. Yeah, and I have no idea what the um, time frame is on this uh, Russian investigation, but don't you think if there was uh, some fire where that smoke was, uh, we'd hear something by now? Yes. I mean, it's been a year since the election. Yes. And I'm frankly tired of hearing about it when it's really been proven that there was, did they try to do these things at, at state-run election offices? Yes. Did they succeed? No. And we've already been informed of all of that. And yet this continues. Oh, it's agonizing. Uh, 888-933-93. Larry in Oklahoma, welcome to the blaze. Hey, Pat, how you doing today? Doing good. Hey man, I don't know if I'm just bobbing for apples here or if I've gone completely bananas, but um, I'm not going to be the least bit surprised in about two months to realize that the left is just using Halloween as a test case to get all their ducks in a row to shut down Thanksgiving and Christmas. Because what's the big deal about Halloween anyway? Culturally speaking, not that big of a deal. Yes. Thanksgiving christmas when it comes to christians and conservatives Mm -hmm. those are biggies they shut those down and i you've got to keep asking why why are they making this such a big deal and that's that's a good explanation for for why they're making it such a big deal thanks larry and they've been trying for a long time uh with the don't say merry christmas because somebody you say it to might not be christian so and when is that going to make them shrivel up and keel over? Are they going to swallow their tongue if I wish them Merry Christmas and they happen to be Jewish? I don't think so. <laughs> if a Jewish person said Happy Hanukkah to me, <gasps> oh, 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 I, oh, I am not Jewish. How dare you? Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How Are they dare ma- you? Making eye contact at the same time? Yes. Stop. Yes. Frightening. Oh. And there's no, again, I can't find a safe space. There just aren't any. I get you a blankie, man. I'm, I'm going to work on that. <laughs> See if you can find one in the building for us. Okay. Uh, 888-933-93. So, I, yeah, the, I mean, and Bill Riley every year on Fox News kind of talked about the war on Christmas. So, yeah, that's entirely possible and probable. Uh, and they've already tried to eliminate all religiosity from Christmas. That's for sure. And they've already succeeded in doing that in many, many schools all across the country. We've, ta- we've discussed that for years. Uh, Autumn in Pennsylvania. Welcome to The Blaze. Hey, Pat. Hey. Hey, I just wanted to make a comment. When I was growing up, you know, we we were always thinking or taught to think that we're all, color doesn't matter. You know, it, we're all, we should all be treated equal, and that's the way it should be. That's the way mm-hmm. I truly believe today. But I feel like all of this mess with, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter and now the whole Halloween thing and the NFL thing, I mean, there's all this stuff going on that all it's doing is pointing us to actually see color and it's just dividing us yes more. yes that's exactly right uh before barack obama i don't think we even talked much about color because we'd gotten nope. to the point where we just didn't care no. nope we didn't care i mean you could be black you could be hispanic no. you could, you could be asian I, and and you're fine in in those groups and we're fine conversing with each other and we're fine sharing things with each other. And then all of a sudden, after eight years of Obama, 
who divided us racially. And now we are. We're, we're paying attention to all of that instead of being colorblind. It's exactly right. And what was it? Thanks, Autumn. What was it that Martin Luther King said his goal was, his dream was? To that, change the country forever. And, well, Oh, I guess actually technically he did, yeah. Sort of. I was going down the Barack Obama route, but no, actually MLK had a great point. But MLK wanted you to be judged on the content of your character, not by the color of your skin. And instead, all we think about is the color of people's skin now. I mean, do you remember this? I wonder if I can find this real quick. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the Chris Matthews thing, uh, where he, he he's, he's watching, this, is, this was an amazing moment to me. He's watching a speech by Barack Obama a few years ago. What, six, seven years ago? Yeah. No, it was the Democratic National Convention in 2008, I think, right? Was it that long ago? So, so it's been almost 10 yeah. years now. And afterward, here's what he said. Uh, you know, I forgot he was black tonight for an hour. For only an hour? <laughs> what does that even mean? I forgot he was black for about an hour. What, the rest of the time are you thinking, this is a black man. I, <laughs> I, I can't believe this. A black, this, this guy's black. None of us think that way. Obviously, Chris Matthews does. And when you think about it, when you kind of analyze it and take it apart, that's a pretty racist statement. You forgot he was black for an hour. And then the rest of the time, you're like, oh, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's right. He's a black man. Just like Joe Biden's (laughs) comments about Obama. Yeah. Clean, articulate. That's a fairy tale, man. That doesn't happen. But think about all of the great things that came from the civil rights era and what MLK actually did to this country and how, ironically enough, the first black president set us back has unraveled that. He set us back about three generations. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Your stories of cultural appropriation and how closely you're paying attention to it all on the blaze. Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. 888-900-3393. The closer we get to, uh, I guess we're just a week away from Halloween. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a week from today. You got so it. next Tuesday is Halloween. Wow, that's just, that's come up on us really fast. What are you going to dress as? I'm a fat, old talk no, show host, no, probably. No, I meant on Halloween. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm dressing as. Okay. Yeah. Didn't mean today, Pat. I mean, you know, I, I understand it's going to be quite a stretch. <laughs> Quite a stretch. How are you going to step into that role? I don't know, man. I'm just going to take a lot of makeup, a lot of padding. And, to pretend uh, for one day. Or I just sit there and do nothing. You know, like that, that, <laughs> and that might be enough. Uh, so uh, Bring you some candy. Uh, okay. 888 <laughs> uh, And how old is, you know, as we're, maybe we'll talk about that next week. How old is too old to trick or treat? I always hate it when uh, teenagers dressed as nothing show up at 1030 at night. Trick or treat. Yeah. um, If you have a beard, no. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no. So that's, Go your, home. That, that's your, that's your uh, <laughs> yeah, line that, of demarcation. That's where I draw the line. Okay. If you're trick-or-treating with a beard, no, don't don't come to my house. I just okay? thought of that. I mean, you saying that makes me think of my 14-year-old daughter, who I, I know for a fact is going to dress up as some Harry Potter character. I didn't even think about, wait a minute. She's 14 now? 14. Wow, 14. 14. Why is she planning on... What, what Harry Potter that? character is she going to be? I don't know. Don't know. I don't know those. I mean, there's like. So she'll just put a wand in her hand and walk around with a <laughs> wand. No, she. I'm going, a Harry Potter cat uh, character. Yeah, no, she goes uh, all out. Uh, Does she? Yeah, yeah. So whatever it is, it, it's probably like a, the equivalent of like a, a a deep album cut. You know, it's like some character you've never heard <laughs> yeah. of. It's like in the f- for like two paragraphs in the fifth book. Well, good for her. Yeah, she's doing it right. Triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Steve in Tennessee, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, good afternoon, Pat. Hey. Uh, I was told uh, uh, to calm down my opinion, but uh, I was going to say, how about dressing up your kids as military people, EMTs, all those that they're trying to kneel down to the flag to? Mm-hmm. And just watch their head explode when they dress them like that. I, I like that idea a lot. I like it. Uh, so police, firefighters, uh, military personnel, and then if you carry a pretend gun, people in your neighborhood will go crazy <laughs> they'll lose their minds thanks steve appreciate it you got to be careful where you do that because that could right. even be dangerous which neighborhood do you want to trick-or-treat and dress like yeah that? i'm not sure i would take a pre- pretend gun with me on halloween um but it used to be acceptable to do that it, it used to be okay to do that because everybody knew okay it's a pretend gun you're six years old you're probably not out trying to kill people and that was back when we had a thing called oh what was it uh common sense i believe what? Wait, what? What yeah. is that? I'll, look, during the break, I'll explain what it was. It's an old thing. Trust Man, me. Man, it has been so long since we've applied common sense to any situation. Anything. That it's hard to believe that ever existed. Yeah. But, uh, that's and that's one of the reasons Halloween has changed so much over time. I mean, the thing we worried about when I was a kid was, is your candy going to be tainted? Remember that scare? Mm-hmm. There's going to be a razor blade in the apples. Do you know there was not one instance of a razor blade in an apple? Not one. No confirmed documented cases of a razor blade ever being placed in an apple to try to hurt somebody when they bite into it. And really that makes sense because why would you do that? You've got to be some kind of demented animal to do that. There was one case of tainted Halloween candy that's documented and actually killed a person. And that was the Candyman case in Houston, Texas. It was a case of a father who tainted his pixie sticks of the kid with uh, some sort of arsenic, I think. It was Something it. like that, yeah. So when his kid ate the pixie stick, there was, it was laced with arsenic, and it killed him. And he was found out, and he was sentenced to prison, and I think he got the death penalty, and he's, he's left us. We lost him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, we fortunately lost him. Is that like a life insurance thing? But it was, yes. He was trying to get the insurance policy on his son that he had just signed him up for. And then, so that created that whole scare of tainted candy. As far as I know, and I've looked into this for quite a few years, because everybody used to, do you remember taking your candy to sometimes emergency rooms and they would x-ray it for you to make sure there was no razor blades in it? And then you'd go through your candy when your kids got home and you would throw away everything that wasn't wrapped because you didn't trust it. And we do all of that, and we went through all of these things over an urban legend. 
and some kind of uh, tainted candy scandal that happened once in recorded history that's documented. Yep. Happened in 1974. Right. In Houston, Texas. And yeah, he, he did got leave the death penalty, right? 1984, he finally. So in 84, they, they, they uh, what did he get? The electric chair? Lethal injection. Lethal injection. Too bad it wasn't cyanide. That's what he gave his son. Yep. Cyanide, not arsenic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pretty close on the story, though. Yeah, Pixie Stick, you got that right. Yeah. Nice job. Uh, 888 So he must have poured it in. He must have opened it carefully and then sealed it back up after pouring the stuff in it. I mean, that is, that's demented. That That's crazy. Um, oh, something else I want to talk about on Halloween is a story I just found out about yesterday uh, of a serial killer who once appeared on The Dating Game. And I I didn't know this story at all, but it's fascinating. We'll talk about that uh, maybe next week. 888-900-3393. Also, members of the LGBT community are taking up arms to protect themselves from the right. Wait, what? Are, you're talking about guns and weapons when your members of the left wing in this country aren't guns evil and scary and horrible? Uh, here's a look. Take take a look at this. Once a month, members of this Rochester gun club meet in a field for target practice. Some had never touched a gun until this past year. We have huh. each other's backs. We're acknowledging our fear of a world in which conservatives are the only ones who are armed. The trigger warning queer and trans (laughs) gun club formed as a reaction to the recent rise of the extreme right. Two pride flags were burned in this upstate New York City right after the election of President Donald Trump. Other events, including the white nationalist rally in Charlottesville this summer, further convinced some members of the LGBT community of the need to take up arms. Often queer people are thought of as being weak, as being defenseless, and I think in many ways this pushes back against that. Um, And, Mm. you know, I want white supremacists and neo-Nazis to know that queer people are taking steps necessary to protect themselves. Oh my. So... Why are they calling themselves queer? I, I thought still, that was an insult. I, I still don't not keep up. I'm not comfortable with him calling them that. Because he's the one who is. And I thought that was a terrible, terrible, horrible uh, insult that you're not supposed to use. And he used it three times. Uh, queer people are thought of as weak. Oh, wait. You have an old copy of the slang terms we're allowed to use book. Your, your edition's from like 2000. Six. <laughs> yes, it's changed three times since then. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, they're taking up arms because they don't want conservatives to be the only armed. When have, when have conservatives ever threatened LG? You know where? Uh, in the Middle East. That, that's where <sighs> you get threatened if you're a homosexual and thrown off rooftops and uh, put in prison and executed. You know, it wasn't a mistake that... Uh, Ahmadinejad in Iran said there were no homosexuals in his country. Right. They killed them all. They find them, they round them up, and they kill them. Maybe you should turn your attention there to that kind of threat. Jeez, I mean, that is ridiculous. (laughs) You're taking up arms to protect yourself? Do they not know? And this all started with the Trump thing. Donald Trump is the most 
queer-friendly president who's ever been elected. He's the only one who's ever been elected. The only president, Republican or Democrat, the only president who's ever been elected uh, being in favor of same-sex marriage. Barack Obama wasn't when he was elected. Bill Clinton wasn't when he was elected. Donald Trump is the most gay-friendly president to ever be elected in the history of the United States of America. And yet, they're continually talking about how afraid they are of him. Why? What did he ever do to you? What has he ever said about you? He says great things. He doesn't care. <laughs> it's just, this is such a bizarre world. Yep. So bizarre. Truth doesn't matter, man. It really—it's just an agenda, and if 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 the facts don't fit the narrative, who cares? They they change the facts. Change the facts. Uh, Just like the uh, "This is a Man" campaign. That's so poignant and so funny. After the CNN ad that said this is an apple, and people say it's a banana, but it's not, and we're going to tell you it's an apple when it's an apple. That's why the "This is a man," and you can say it's a woman if you want. But it doesn't change the fact that it's a man because the left is now denying science and chemistry and biology. And then they turn around and point the finger at us like we're science deniers. I just, it's, it's hard to take. What was that thing? Uh, it's gone. We talked about it briefly just a moment ago. It's gone. What is it? Oh, common sense. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. Still looking for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, President Trump said over the weekend that he intends, we didn't talk about this yesterday, he wants to allow the release of the classified government documents. This is fascinating to me about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Uh, but he did, he specified subject to the receipt of further information, which means I guess if he gets some kind of information between now and uh, the October 26th deadline, which is, wow, that's Thursday, yeah. then... If he doesn't get any information that stops it, it's going to finally come out. This is the secret stuff that we've never known, always wondered about, and they would never release because it was a state secret. So that's pretty amazing. He said, subject to the receipt of further information, I will be allowing as president the long blocked and classified JFK files to be opened. Congress has wanted to do this for a while. And they've been stopped by presidents uh, prior to this time. The president believes that these documents should be made available in the interests of full transparency unless agencies provide a compelling and clear national security or law enforcement justification otherwise. I I hope nobody comes forward with that because I have longed to see what they've got on this thing. And in fact, some of the information has already been leaked. And according to some people who have seen the leaked information, they've been shocked so far that the evidence does not point to Oswald. It points to Rafael Cruz. Oh, oh, no. Rafael, Ted Cruz's father killed JFK. Yeah. And I think think that's what we're going to find out on Thursday (laughs) by these uh, (laughs) secret documents. And if you remember... Uh, the National Enquirer blew the lid off that like a, a little over a year ago. Right, right, right. I don't think that got much play, though. I think that was kind of buried. It wasn't in the news much. So, uh, Isn't it amazing when you think that this president, the man who is currently president of the United States, went along with that? 
and said, well, I, uh, I mean, they've been right about a lot of things. So, no, they really haven't. They've been right about, like, one thing, and that was the John Edwards thing. And, and did some people actually believe that? or I think they just did. Just let it go. I think they wanted to believe it because mm-hmm. they hate Ted Cruz so much. Right. Uh, 888-900-3393. Uh, did you know Americans are spending up to 90% of their time indoors? According to studies, the air you and your family breathe contains up to 100 times greater air pollution levels inside your home than the air outside. That's kind of scary. So you might want to think about replacing the old, dirty, and potentially dangerous air filters in your house with filterby.com. They'll send you the size you need within 24 hours. And shipping is free. I I, I don't know how this this is such a great trend on the Internet. I love it. Filterby doubles the uh, uses double the industry standard MERV MERV rating on most filter sizes. I'll spare you all the technical stuff, but here's what you really need to know: you'll be easily removing dangerous pollen, mold, which is huge in a place like Houston right now that has had all kinds of rain and it's humid and the the mold grows like weeds in your house and other allergy aggravating pollution. The only thing easier than changing an air filter is forgetting to buy one uh, or more of them. When you set up convenient auto delivery, you'll save 5% and you never have to think about it again. FilterBuy manufactures everything right here in America. Go to FilterBuy.com today. Get the best price on top quality filters. It'll be shipped free within 24 hours. FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. Pat Gray, Unleashed, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Despite all the weirdness with Nancy Pelosi, she seems fairly confident uh, in her upcoming election. She says that uh, that she doesn't feel like her seat is even contested. Uh, here's here's a look at what she said. If, let's say, uh, Democrats were to retake the House, yeah. um, there is still a contingent on the left side of the Democratic Party, and it's ironic because you are, of course, also a liberal uh, member of the party, that would like to see you ousted as leader. Um, if the Democrats were to retake the House, do you, do, do you foresee a challenge to your leadership? Well, the, uh, I, 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 with all due respect, I disagree with your characterization. I, 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 I have a, a overwhelming support of my caucus. There's some uh, people there who disagree mm-hmm. with me, and that's okay. But I would not say that it's a challenge from the left yeah. because oh, I am on the left. Yeah, you are on the left. I am not. But yeah, uh, with anything, sure. that they use the fact that I'm a progressive in the ads against me. They'll talk about the fact that I'm from San Francisco, San Francisco and, and that I'm a, a San Francisco liberal and the rest of that. So that's not what it is. It's about other people's ambition, yeah. which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I've got to fight the tax bill. I've got to fight the uh, assault on the Affordable Care Act. Absolutely. I've got to pass the DACA bill. I'm not worried about my it's not about me yeah it's about what policy means in the lives of people yeah i you know what they should also be talking about is her incompetence (laughs) and the fact that i mean she has been so loopy lately that -hmm. people are wondering if there's something seriously physically wrong with her mentally wrong with her 
things like this. Because the Constitution does not say that a person can shout, yell wolf in a crowded theater. If you are endangering <laughs> Wait, people, uh, then you're, you don't have a Constitution <laughs> right to do that. The Constitution doesn't say that a person can shout wolf. It, no, it doesn't. It, do, it doesn't say that. If you're sitting in a theater and somebody says, Wolf! Wolf! Um, I, I think you can literally be tossed out of the theater just for making noise. He sounded very confident <laughs> like the house was already in the Democrats' hands, by the way. Oh. She did. She did. But I, I, I love this statement. Because the Constitution does not say that a person can shout yell wolf in a crowded theater <laughs> if you are endangering is, people what uh, is then that? does the constitution like, address like yelling fox though? I mean, <laughs> you can't you can say coyote i think you can scream coyote because they're a little bit smaller than wolves okay so that one you're okay with yeah and and i, I will admit i didn't see the, the <laughs> entire msnbc interview that you played there but she had some, the interviewer had some really great questions, but I did not, I guarantee you, she didn't ask her what her favorite word was. Because and that is a prerequisite. If you're going to have the former Speaker of the House in there, you got to ask her what she's always asked. Yeah, yes. They ask me all the time. What is all your favorite this? What is your favorite, favorite that? that? What's, What's your favorite? favorite that? That? And at one time, and what one is time. your favorite word? Word. What's your favorite word? And I said, my favorite word, that is really easy. So easy. My favorite it's, word is the is word. The word. <laughs> the, word. the word is the word and that is everything it says it's it everything. all it says it all it really does could you really please? you know the biblical reference you know the, the biblical we got she's it. all the about the bible we, we, you know that we, we got that, it nancy the word word, word. that is, word uh, is word is we have to give voice to the to word what that means well, in terms means of uh, in terms. public policy that would be in keeping with the values uh, wow of the word Okay, we got what you're trying to force down our throats. We got it. Still one of my favorite clips of all time. Uh, but with her, my favorite's got to be the Great Depression clip. I don't know if you've got her talking about the Great Depression and uh, how bad it really was. Uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, on that one, um, where she was uh, giving us a little history lesson from the 1930s. Yeah, she doesn't know what's so great about Chairman it. Chairman Bernanke is probably one of the foremost authorities mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. on the subject of the Great Depression. Mm. I don't know what was so great about the Depression, <laughs> but that's the name they give it. Are, are you telling me that person should be in office still? I, she really shouldn't. Should not. She really shouldn't. Mm -mm. Whether the challenge comes from the left, <laughs> the right, the center, the top, or the bottom. The psych ward. It, it's, the challenge needs... She needs to go. She needs to get out. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, when she's talking about uh, you can't shout wolf in a crowded theater, she's talking. She means fire. So I don't know how wolf. Oh, I guess the boy who cried wolf. I guess, but no. Go she back. mixed her metaphors there. That was a good. That's catchy. What you just yeah. came up with on the fly there, mm -hmm. shouting fire. That makes sense. Fire. Yeah. You, you can't say fire because you might cause oh. like a stampede and somebody could get hurt. That's so good. That's good. It's not a good idea to do that. But if you shout wolf, okay. It probably won't do anything because everybody knows there's not a wolf not in a the wolf theater. In there. There's no wolf. Could be a fire, though. That's a good analogy there. You know, you would think that someone who was the former Speaker of the House might be familiar with that. You would think so, but mm. she's not. No. She is familiar with the word word, however. 
And people ask her all the time, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? What's your favorite? And one time somebody asked me, what's your favorite word? Uh-huh. <laughs> Clearly not all the time because the MSNBC host dropped the ball. So there goes that streak of always being asked your favorite this and your favorite that. And I would love to see her challenge on the wolf thing, on the word thing, on the Great Depression thing. Nobody ever follows up on any of that stuff. Nancy, what do you mean uh, you can't shout wolf in a crowded theater? Why? Why? It's fire. You can't shout fire in a crowded theater. Now, since when is your favorite word the word? And when did anybody ask you what your favorite word is? That's what a weird question that would be. What a what a psychotic reporter to ask you what your favorite word is? What do you who has a favorite word? <laughs> Other than Nancy Pelosi, who in the world has a favorite word? Have you ever heard of such a thing? I've no, never heard of it. No, but I need one. I want one. <laughs> I'm gonna come up with a favorite word. Mine is anti-disestablishmentarianism. I just oh. picked it. It's it's my favorite word because it's a really long word. Hmm. I have no idea what it means. Oh, but that's good. I probably couldn't spell it, but anti-disestablishmentarianism sounds like a big word, and people go, wow, he knows a big word. Sounds like something, uh, wow. like that guy who was here talking about making guns with the little 3D printer. It sounds like something that he would mix into his repertoire when he's yeah. talking about stuff. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> Doesn't who, it? Un, you know, in whose conception, under what paradigm? Whose conception, you what know, paradigm? I'm just yeah. resisting. What am I resisting? I don't know. I don't know. The collectivization of manufacture, yeah, mm-hmm. the institutionalization of the human psyche. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I can tell you one thing. This is a symbol, symbol of, of reversibility. They can never eradicate the gun from the earth. That's right. That's right. Got to splice that other word in there, that uh, mm-hmm. anti... And disestablishmentarianism. Yeah, hey, that would fit perfectly. Yeah. Oh, am I resisting that? I don't know. Opportunity lost. I don't even know what it means, so how do I know if I'm resisting it? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. 888 Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. I mean, between cultural appropriation, white privilege, and now this toxic masculinity thing. Wait, what? Uh, you, if, if, there, there can't be any more white men, at least not acting like men. Uh, and, you know, it's really a shame that you're white. There's not a lot you can do about it, but you need to feel guilty about it. You have to feel just like you're a despicable human being because you're a white man. They're they're giving classes now in how to unlearn toxic masculinity. The article states, for some time, Stephen Hicks had felt like something was off. <laughs> My relationship ended. Then a lot of things started collapsing in front of me. He began attending therapy, which made him realize... He needed to make a bigger change. I wasn't doing really terrible things, but I also wasn't being the most ideal Stephen I could be. The bar is really lowered for cisgender guys. (laughs) 
Now, cisgender, I guess, is just heterosexual. Is that right? I you, think so. Yeah. You're just like girls, and you're a man, and you know you're a man. Well, you, you, a you're not fluid on that. So earlier this year, Hicks signed up for a pilot program called Rethink Masculinity. It's a partnership between the Washington, D.C. Rape Crisis Center, Collective Action for Safe Spaces, and Rethink, an organization that works to prevent sexual assault. You know this is going to be good. This is going to be a great class. <laughs> Essentially, what I think they're saying is they're teaching men how to be women because women are the only acceptable gender here. Well, and the other 91 that don't include men. Um, the program bills itself as a class where men learn how social constructs of masculinity harm them and the people around them. And they need to work to construct healthier masculinities, or as Hicks put it, it was eight weeks of guys discussing how they could address their actions with better self-awareness and less toxicity. <laughs> they don't even describe the toxic nature of what they're doing. What are they doing that's so toxic? If they're abusing women or harassing women, yeah, that's toxic. And But please, you're just a dirtbag. That has nothing to do with your masculinity. Nothing. We spoke of emotional labor, consent, violence, communication, empathy, and vulnerability, he adds, noting that the last subject in particular was a struggle for him. I was trained and conditioned to be tough growing up. Oh, you don't want that. You don't want to be trained when you're a man to be tough. Wait. Because yeah, you need to be feminine, right? And, and apparently women aren't. Are, are women not tough? Wait, what the hell's emotional labor? <laughs> did you not say that? I did say that. We spoke of emotional labor. <laughs> you got me. The Rethink program is just the latest in a growing number of courses targeted toward people. <laughs> I love this slide, too. Targeted toward people who identify as men. Not who are men. They just identify as men. So they could be women, but they identify as a man. Including the Men's Project at the University of Wisconsin, Masculinity 101 at Brown, and Duke's Men's Project. The goal, proponents say, is to help men examine their own biases and behaviors in order to cut down on misogyny and gender-based violence. <laughs> Again, that doesn't have anything to do with masculinity. If you're violent towards a woman, you're just a scumbag. Mm -hmm. Stop it. There's no doubt that the problems these classes aim to tackle are pervasive ones, a reality that's been made especially painfully clear in recent days and weeks as the Harvey Weinstein revelations have pushed discussions of sexual assault and harassment to the forefront. But can a class really be enough to chip away at something so deeply entrenched? Probably not. You probably need to cut off their nads, too. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody. Every guy's nads. What about castration? Mm -hmm. What about... Well, let's just start castrating men. Can we do that, please? Can we eliminate men? Wouldn't that be great? I'm you triggered. Just, you cut their, their thing off, and oh. then you feed them hormones. You feed them estrogen. Until, you know, <laughs> until they're weeping like girls every minute of every day. I feel this need to cross my legs right now. Just, I, I'm not ashamed of saying that. There's no doubt that the, uh, it's, it's a promising approach, says Eric Mankowski, associate chair of the psychology department at Portland State University. That's the one school BYU has beaten all season long in football. 
And I'm glad they've got a great psychology department where they're talking <laughs> about this stuff. Uh, he said, but we don't know whether they're whether they prevent sexual violence. Some studies show promising effects on attitudes and behavior intentions, but a single class is unlikely to undo years of socialization in toxic masculinity. Mm. You know, for the last, what, 20 years or so, men have just been made to feel like they're garbage. You know you're garbage. You were born garbage, (laughs) you learned garbage, and you continue to be garbage your entire life so now we're going to change you into women for the past uh 25 years mankowski has taught a course titled psychology of men and masculinities which he says deconstructs how masculinity is socialized as a performative mask rather than a biological imperative jeez that's just psychological bullcrap he argues that the concept of toxic masculinity has four main components Suppression of anything stereotypically feminine. Suppression of emotions related to vulnerability, like fear, sadness, or helplessness. Male domination over women and other men. And aggression. From those four distal expectations come the proximal attitudes and behaviors. Like, I deserve to have access to women's bodies. We don't know if... What we don't know is if it's more effective to address the distal or proxim- proximal ideas and behaviors. I don't either because I don't know what that is. I don't know what distal or proximal ideas and behaviors are. No. It numbs feelings. It allows men to, to act aggressive. We can effectively address it, but we're not addressing the underlying issue. It's functioning to help them display their manhood. So why would they stop? We've spent many years addressing survivors and victim behavior, but ethically, And in terms of efficacy, that's incomplete. We have to address the roots. Well, and the roots is, uh, you know, their man unit, right? So we need to to just remove it. I've not uncrossed my legs. And yet, somebody needs to come and remove yours too, because you're not feminine enough. Oh, man. I'm a wuss. Does that help? Now we go back to... uh, this Hicks character that we met at the very beginning, who's taking these wonderful classes. Okay. Um, and he says that since the class ended, he feels he has, he's been more deliberate about expressing emotions and making space for people over the summer. The class facilitators asked Hicks to become a co-director of the program, noting that he had been one of the most vocal participants. You won't be transformed by a 10 week class, but you got to start somewhere. And 10 weeks is better than no weeks, Mankowski says. Those who are really committed to making change, though, shouldn't expect a one-and-done scenario. The key is continued examination. You'll have a difficult time maintaining anything unless you continue working on it. That's beautiful. And again, you you won't be successful unless you have your man unit removed. Uh, Again. I I think that's what needs to happen. That's plan B, though, right? Because can nah, we just take this be, course? That should be the first thing that we go to now. Man, because I'll take the course. Men are just scum. Have we not learned that? They're just terrible. Well, agreed. Uh, women don't need men. You know, they they can they can do the in vitro thing if they want to, or hmm. artificial insemination. They they don't they don't need men anymore. And certainly, you don't want a man raising a child. They're toxic. They'll they'll teach them their toxic masculinity, and we can't have that. Cannot have that. I mean, can you believe all this stuff that? Uh, Cultural appropriation, white privilege, toxic masculinity, 
all of this stuff directed at white men. We are the worst beings on this planet and need to be removed, apparently. Everything we hear virtually every day is negative. Wow. And it just gets worse every day. There's, there's just another weird term that we've never heard of, like, you know, cultural pro- appropriation, white privilege, which is a new thing, too. How long is, have we heard about white privilege? Maybe five years? I, I don't remember hearing about that ever before the Barack Obama era. Yeah. Never heard of it. Now, all of a sudden, white privilege is thrown in your face all the time. Well, I've never seen that happen. Well, yeah, because of your white privilege. My what? What did what did that do for me? <laughs> uh, and and now toxic masculinity, which I've been seeing a lot lately. In about the last year, they've been talking about how toxic masculinity is. Hmm. Jeez, just, I'm going to start win. putting the seat down because I'd rather avoid the whole giblet cutting thing <laughs> myself. That's not nearly good enough, of course, Keith, as you must know. No. I mean, you've got to talk feminine. You've got to walk feminine. You've got to act feminine. I want to see a lot of crying. I want to see some vulnerability. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, I want to know that you're sensitive. I want to know uh, that you don't mind a good cry from time to time. Well, I want to see all those things. I watch my football teams play on the weekends. Oh, boy. If that's not reason for crying, I don't know what is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you see BYU against East Carolina? I followed that score for you. (laughs) Didn't look like it was progressing so well. No, it really really didn't. Not from the second half on, you know, till the end of the game. Mm. 33-17 loss. Uh some people, they're still favored against San Jose State, which I think wow. is a little neb- nebulous this weekend. But, uh, but but what's it like to have your team in the game for a half? Because I don't even <laughs> know what that's like. <laughs> I mean, Nebraska's I, done within five minutes. I, know. I haven't seen it much this year, but yeah. when it happens, it's kind of fun. That you is think, cool. Hey, maybe we have a shot? <laughs> no, never mind. Like, you have to schedule some time. Like, I just go like, all right. I got to go to the bathroom, but you know what? This game will be over in five minutes. Yeah. So just- Usually by halftime, I'm turning the thing off because I can't take it anymore. Not this last weekend, though. It took till the fourth quarter. Good for you. 888-900-3393. Uh, call us with your toxic masculinity and your cultural appropriation and your white privilege, if you want. Uh, and we'll try to fix you. See if we can. Meantime, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile because they are fantastic. I love these guys. Really good guys. It's the only conservative cell phone company that gives a portion of the proceeds that they get from your bill, and they put it straight into, like, really, really good, like, funding traditional family values, for instance, and supporting religious freedom. It's, it's great. Now, the other mobile companies, the big mobile companies, they're putting their money into organizations like Planned Parenthood, advocating for sanctuary cities and, and uh, gun control. If you want to keep contributing to that, go ahead. But I, I think a lot of people will agree, especially when the surface is just as good, if not better, that you'll want to fund the NRA. And listen to this incredible deal. You get the same nationwide coverage that you're getting with unlimited talk, text, and data for a much better price. In fact, unlimited talk and text starts at $20 a month. Just 20 bucks a month. So just give them a call today and get this checked off your list. 
1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Or visit them online at patriotmobile.com slash pat. patriotmobile.com slash pat. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed. Uh, we promised you earlier that we were going to dig up that uh, viral video that happened when a white guy wore dreadlocks at San San Francisco State University and he was con- confronted by a black girl and yelled at about cultural appropriation. Uh, here's a reminder of what that looked like. You're saying that I can't have a hairstyle because of your culture? Yeah. Why? Because it's my culture. Yeah. Do you know I was in Egyptian culture? Are you Egyptian? Nah, but I'm not. Are you Egyptian? No, but doesn't matter. Wait, where's Egypt? Tell me. You know what, girl? Dude, go. You have no right to tell me what I can write. Wow. Wow. Yo, girl, stop touching me right now. Yo, girl. Get off of me. Come back, come back, come back. You put your hands on me, no more. Hey. That's some shit because of what the hair I have? That's no reason, yo. I don't need your disrespect. I don't need your disrespect. Why are you filming this? Everyone's safety. Wow. That's that's amazing footage. First of all, she blocks him at every turn. He's trying to go upstairs and get away from her. She blocks him and holds him there, and he pushes her back, and then she's she's telling him to get his hands off of her. What? I mean... How, How dare you put your hands on me? And she says it's her... Like, it's her personal culture. And she's the enforcer of what's appropriate and what isn't. That is where the entitlement culture meets this appropriation insanity. Like, yeah, yeah, jeez, that's just—I mean, it's amazing. It's just amazing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. The border wall prototypes uh, are are being put up near the border now and they're being put up right by the border. So I guess the Mexicans can take a look at what they look like <laughs> when they're finally there. Oh, cause that's what that they're going to be the one building it. So they got to know what they're going to well, be up and against. paying for it, of paying course. for it. Like, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's why they're on the border. So they could, they can pick it out. Uh-huh. They've got eight towering chunks of concrete and steel standing as high as 30 feet tall. Uh, and they're possible models for what the president has promised will one day be a solid wall extending the full length of the southern border, California to Texas. I think he's backed off that quite a bit. Uh, he, he has actually said lately that, uh, well, there's natural barriers, all the same things that they've said for years. Uh, you can't put it everywhere because there's private property. There's natural barriers. There's terrain that can't be traversed. There's mountains. You know, we can't do it everywhere. Well, that's not what you said at the beginning. Whether any of the eight different prototypes constructed over the last month become a part of the actual wall is still uncertain. U.S. Congress has so far shown little interest in appropriating the estimated 21.6 
billion dollars it would cost to build the wall. Hmm. Money well spent. It, it, it is. It would be. You know what? It is. I'm fine with paying that. Yep. But but that's not what they told us in the beginning. They told us in the beginning. I think Trump estimated. You know, because he's a builder. And uh, I'm looking for that. Oh, it's a big, beautiful door. He, How much is that going to cost? He's a builder, and he can do it for cheaper, is what he was telling us. Oh, okay. If you remember correctly. Uh, I tried to forget 2016 completely, and uh, I've done a successful job at that. So, no, yeah. is that a promise he made there? Uh, he was... Uh, yes. Okay. And, and uh, I mean... Yeah, you know, I can't you, find it. Darn it. But, but he initially... He initially said it'd be four billion. Then it was six. Then it was eight. Then it was ten. Then it was twelve. And now it's twenty-one point six billion. So apparently, because he's a builder, he can't build it cheaper. Yeah, and it's shorter too. I thought it was a fifty-foot wall that just got ten feet higher too. So no, is that? It, well, I think it was a forty-foot 40 wall foot that got ten feet higher, so and so it was going to wind up at fifty. And now it's thirty, so it's shorter and it costs more. What's that? Oh, oh, he, that, he's in the government now. So right, welcome to the government. Yeah. Still, apparently, border officials uh, welcomed the the momentum of at least seeing the prototype. And it generated kind of a groundswell of support for it. Our current infrastructure is well over two decades old, said Roy Villarreal, Deputy Chief Patrol for the Border Agent. He said, is there is there need for improvement? Absolutely. Right now, 654 miles of the 1,900-mile border is fenced. With single, double, or triple fencing. And again, these aren't walls. It's just, they're just fences. The second line of fencing in San Diego is only about 18 feet tall. And it's been breached 2,000 times in the last three years. Hmm. <laughs> Although that cut down border crossings near San Diego by a lot. It really did. It's worked pretty well. 2,000 sounds like a lot, but it used to be much, much, much more than that. Even if Trump's wall never gets funded, the Border Patrol might incorporate one or more of the new wall designs as it replaces worn sections of the existing fencing. And when you see photos of the fence that exists now, you see why there's such a problem. It's not stopping anybody. So they got six contractors from across the country to build eight prototypes, all of which completed this week. The builders paid attention to aesthetics in their bid to win lucrative contracts. One wall segment features a deep blue steel and another has a brick facade. Oh, that'd be nice. Standing in sharp contrast to the area's existing border fence, a ramshackle structure of corrugated steel left over from the Vietnam War. Yeah, it won't be tough to make it look better than that. In uh, late November, a private company which Border Patrol officials didn't name, but they'll begin a 30- to 60-day process of testing the wall prototypes to determine how easy they are to climb over or dig underneath. That's pretty good. I didn't realize they were going to do such extensive testing on them. So they're even going to try to crawl over these walls, and they're going to try to tunnel underneath these walls. Cool. Cool. The final selection could actually be a combination of the designs. Uh, solid concrete walls are kind of daunting, but they may have an adverse effect on some Border Patrol activities since agents wouldn't be able to see potential crossers approaching the wall. Yeah, because they're solid. It's a wall, not a fence anymore. 
It's not so much the size of the wall, it's the ability to see whether it's 10 people or 30 people with rifles. Yeah, that's a good point. Two of the prototypes, though, have a see-through design. Wait. Ah, they're thinking of everything here. This is great. Uh, the one thing they're not thinking of is how are you going to fund this? Because yeah. Mexico already said they're not going to fund it, and the U.S. Congress yeah. seems unwilling to fund it. Exactly. That was my thought. These all sound great. Yeah, but, when, but... who's going to pay for it? At $21.6 billion, if they really secure the border, if they were really serious in putting as much wall as you can across that 1,900 miles, even if you can only get 80% of it, It'd be worth $21.6 billion. You know how things in Congress uh, get done, and this I'm being completely serious. They attach it to something else that's really popular. So if you want to get, this is, how yeah. you, this is how you get your stuff through. If you want to get the wall built, then you attach it to a congressional pay raise bill, and that'll fly right oh, through. Oh, yeah. We'll that'll... seal the deal quickly. <laughs> It'd be definitely approved immediately. That's how you do it. I like this story, too. Music legend uh, Stevie Wonder is in solidarity with the NFL football players protesting racial injustice by taking a knee. I was wondering. He took a knee as he performed the Star Spangled Banner over the weekend. Isn't that wonderful? Where was he doing that? At a Formula One Grand Prix in Austin. He took the posture of protest while he performed a moving rendition of the song On the Harmonica. At the end, he called out to President Trump, Feel me, feel me, Mr. President. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> feel me. Jeez. Feel me. Oh, man. I've never seen the color of my skin, nor the color of your skin, Wonder said. Not to get political, because I don't like to do that. Oh, he does it all the time. That's his, that's his deal now. He says, it is time for the leader of this nation, the leaders in the varied political positions that they hold, the people, as we artists, as artists, all of us come together as a united people of these United States of America. <laughs> but he doesn't like to get political. He only does it every time he's ever seen in public. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, we also have Jeffy just moments from now. What? Coming in to chew the fat. Yay! Uh, delayed about an hour today. And a couple of tweets for you. Uh, this from Justin, who says, Nancy Pelosi on The Word sounded a lot like the beauty pageant Maps answer. <laughs> uh, this uh -huh. one. And uh, that that's very true. Uh, also, Michael Sadek says... I think Pat needs to dress up as Jeffy for Halloween. Oh, my gosh. There's not enough material right. and foam in the world. Fabric, I mean. Fabri uh, where would you? I don't <laughs> I mean. I'm not a billionaire. Right. And you, have, you, know? you only have a week to make this hey, costume. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Good we luck with that. a team of seamsters. <laughs> Taking six months. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Huh, must mean it's 
time to chew the fat with Jeffy. That's what that means. That's what it means. <laughs> That's the music right there. All right, so we got good news. We got bad news. We got good news. We'll start with the good news. Okay. We don't get it. I don't often have, uh, you know, a lot of good news about uh, Melania Trump. But, uh, you know, congratulations to her. I know that now she's, uh, you know, now that her and the kid, uh, Barron, moved back to the White House out of New York, uh, you know, she's embracing a more active public schedule. However, uh, she is running a tight ship as First Lady. Uh, During uh, President Obama's first year in office, 16 people listed working for Michelle. Earning $1.24 million a year. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I, re- I remember I that mean, story. That is amazing. And that isn't even... How many they does claim Melania that she, have? They claim that actually uh, Michelle actually had uh, 24 AIDS, mm-hmm. uh, not 16, mm-hmm. when it came down to it. Uh, Melania? <clears throat> uh, four people. $486,000. She's doing it with one-fourth the force. Think huh? of it. That's I know. Pretty good. That's pretty amazing. It's good. And, uh, you know, I mean... When Hillary had 19, Laura Bush had 18. I mean, they're just moving out first lady. Now, those are first ladies that really were pretty active. I mean, Melania really isn't that active. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I haven't seen her do anything really as first lady. Except well, yeah, she, she, she's, she's done a couple of things with Trump, but she hasn't really been out there in the forefront. She's doing this bully anti-bully campaign now, apparently. Yeah. Which, Which is interesting. Kind of uh, interesting, given... Interesting. Very ironic. It uh, is interesting. Given isn't who's... It? Her husband. It is interesting. And she does her book thing, right? And then she had the library say that they weren't going to take the books she gave or whatever. Oh, yeah. And for her reading uh-huh. uh, thing. So it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Come on now. I mean, that Stop. was despicable that was from dumb. that library. Yeah. So they really, Melania should fight to just close that thing down. Definitely. All right. So bed bugs. You're, are you, no one's a fan of bed bugs. No one is, including me. But uh, now they, uh, are in airplanes. You ever seen bed bugs in airplanes? No. Uh, me either. And I don't want to. But uh, I wanted to grab it, but they're quick. And it crawled back inside. She said she saw the bugs in mid-flight on both the seat in front of her and crawling around the TV monitor. That's really nasty. Oh, Really? Oh. She said she alerted the flight attendant, but was told the flight was full and nothing could be done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What uh, airline was that? She got bit. I mean, it was British Airways. Okay. British Airways. And, you know, look, she's flying from, uh, where the heck was she flying to now? She was flying from, uh, she was flying into Slovakia. Hey, what'd you go in there for? <laughs> well, it's okay. really none what of you your business. What are you going is there, it? <laughs> <laughs> you going there for? <laughs> Stop said, it. Just don't go to Slovakia. Uh, I'm not sure I that's mean, the point. Yeah, really. No, that's the point. Is it? That's the point. Just I mean, don't. Look, don't go to Slovakia. If, you, if I'm an airline company and I have planes with bed bugs, am I flying them into the U.S.? No. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, those planes I'm reserving for Slovakia. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good advice. Then, but they uh, said uh, she's not even suing them. You know, I mean, the hubby got bit and she saw. But bed bugs, first of all, are nasty. And when you get a bed bug uh, infestation, it takes a lot to get rid of them. Does it? I mean, hotels and homes uh, fight hard to keep them out because once you get them they're tough to get rid of they get in your luggage you know if a hotel has it they get in your luggage mm-hmm. you bring them home how'd you get rid of them 
Uh, I hmm? have learned now, hmm? uh, since the first battle, uh, how to not get them. And I learned that when you go to the hotel, no matter what hotel you Did you really you have get, a first battle with bed bugs? No matter what hotel you get. <laughs> uh-huh. first, first of how many battles we want to know. <laughs> you go to the hotel, and this is, this is honest to gosh, truth, how to keep. I had a bug guy tell me this is how you keep bed bugs away from uh, your luggage and your own clothes. Mm-hmm. And he does this. I find it hard to do. I've only done it once, and I find it hard to do. But you get the hotel room, and then immediately rip all the blankets, all the sheets, all the pillows, everything, all the pillowcases, everything off the beds, and call for clean linen immediately. So well, they haven't they already cleaned? Not really. Not underneath the sheets, and not the, you know a lot of times the the main sheets they just tuck in tight and redo. So when you when you get to a hotel room, it's ten thirty at night. You're tearing all the sheets off yep. of the bed. He and said you're he calling does. For room he said he. My, my bug guy. My bug guy said he does, and he also said that what happens is is that you're able to see when you pull everything off. Uh-huh. The bed bugs congregate, you know, along the sides of Ugh. the of the uh, mattresses, so you'll see if they're there or not. Here's what I like to do: stay at hotels without bed bugs. <laughs> That's what I like. Well, I That's do too. That's what I like to do, and, and I'm uh... not going to fly to Slovakia. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm just saying that you know, look. Mm-hmm. All what right. do you mean? I'm not going to say that. No, because, you know, the problem is. Uh-oh. The problem is. What's the problem? Pat Gray. I'm talking to you now here for a moment, oh. just between you and me. Keith. Hey, man, what's Pat up? Pat Gray thinks, oh, I, I, you know, my hotels are cleaner than other hotels. Right. Bed bugs don't care. <laughs> right. Bed right. bugs don't care. Okay, they go to any hotels. Yeah, bed bugs no. aren't only going to. Uh, all right, so back to you, Pat. I'm no, sorry. You, Did I go to de- decent <laughs> hotels that aren't like Super 8. You know, and see, uh, there you go, Bad Mouse Super they actually, Eight. They actually clean the rooms so that there's no bugs in your bed. If a bed bug, if a bed bug sneaks in, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It doesn't care. Oh my gosh, this isn't a Super Eight. I'm gonna die. Like a pregnant bed bug, right? No, they don't. If if you keep it clean, <laughs> if you're paying a hotel staff to keep the rooms clean okay. they don't crawl in to those hotel rooms okay all right i'm glad we understand one another now good all right i noticed that you were talking about the border walls and i love the border wall story because some of those prototypes are so cool and they're like we talked yesterday about them being almost you know between 350 and five hundred thousand dollars yeah for just the prototypes yeah. my favorite picture if you look they should have this picture brought up is the eight prototypes uh, they're all being built on American soil, just the other side of the Mexican border. Yeah, I saw that. In Tijuana. So that picture uh, is so cool because you see what it looks like from Tijuana. And I got to tell you, if I'm in Mexico and I see that picture, I'm thinking twice about coming to America like that. And it's, uh-huh. it's worked. Either that or you're sneaking in now before the mm-hmm. wall's built. Right. Well, there's another. I mean, but it's worked though, right? I mean, then we've gotten tougher on it. Well, and, just the tough talk has worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I know that you were, you know, you were, I don't know what you're thinking of because uh, uh, saying that uh, we're going to pay for it uh, because uh, our president said, look, American taxpayers are going to front the cost until the Mexicans pay for it. Okay. So front. I don't remember that as part of the campaign. <laughs> I, don't know what, I, don't know what you're, I don't know what you're thinking about, you, but I'm just saying what the president said. Do you ever remember him I, saying? Uh, hey, you'll front the cost, but Mexico's <laughs> going to pay for it. I don't remember those words ever being applied to the border that, wall discussion. That was. 
Not ever. <laughs> no. But when I brought that up on Facebook a while ago, I got pummeled by the Trump people. Well, how did you think we were going to pay for it? Well, I thought he was well, going to make Mexico pay. But see, you can't take what he says in his tweets anymore, no. right? I mean, so right. this morning he got all wound up, which is a good thing. You know, he got all wound up with Corker this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason, the television got locked on a news station that was talking about Corker. So he was busy tweeting, uh, Bob Corker, who helped President O give us a bad Iran deal and couldn't get elected dog catcher in Tennessee, now fighting tax cuts. Corker dropped out of the race in Tennessee when I refused to endorse him and now is only negative on anything Trump. Look at his record. Isn't it sad that lightweight Senator Bob Corker, who couldn't get reelected <laughs> in the great state of Tennessee, will now fight tax cuts plus? Senator Corker is the incompetent head of the Foreign Relations Committee. And look how poorly the U.S. has done. He doesn't have a clue as dot, 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 next tweet. The entire world was <laughs> laughing and taking advantage of us. People like little L-I-D-D-L-E yeah. Bob Corker have set the U.S. way back. Now we move forward. <sighs> and then somebody changed the channel. Stock market just hit another record high. <laughs> Jobs looking very good. That's his last tweet. <laughs> you know what? That'd be funny to kind of try to sync up his tweets with, with all the news and try to figure out what channel he's watching. And I do have an answer for, um, for James Woods, uh, the actor who is now retired. Mm. Is he? Uh, well, he said he's going to retire. I think that's just because he's so, he's so conservative that Hollywood will never give yeah. him a job. Yeah. Uh, he's tweeted, um, and I, I have an answer, I think, to him. His tweet uh, this morning is it possible hashtag Trump knew the hashtag Democrats were hanging themselves with hashtag Russia all along? Question mark. Did he let them sink in their own quicksand? Question mark. Um, I have an answer for you, James. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, James. Sadly, I, it's, I, it's, I think it is no. Uh, it's nice to think, mm -hmm. but uh, no. No. It's, uh, no. It's, it's not possible. I wish that were the case. I wish so, too. Don't think it is. I want it to be so bad. Yeah, it'd be I great. really do. And uh, this is kind of, uh, well, for some of us in the room, is disheartening. Mm. Uh, Americans are retiring later, dying sooner, mm. and sicker in between. Mm -hmm. Oof. That's a tough one. Uh, at the same time that Americans' life expectancy is stalling, uh, man, millions of U.S. workers are waiting longer to call it quits, the age at which people can claim their full Social Security benefits gradually moving up. From 65 for those retiring in 2002 to 67 in 2027. So when you're 67, you can claim your full benefits. Almost uh, huh. one in three Americans aged 65 to 69 still working, along with almost one in five in their early 70s. Mm -hmm. Americans less likely healthy in middle age. Percent... Percentage of limitation in an activity of daily living, okay? Bathing, eating, dressing, walking across the room, getting out of bed at the age of 58 to 60 by Social, Social Security retirement age. Age 65, that you had trouble doing that a little over 8%. Wow. Okay. 65 to 67, you're up over 10%. And after 66, you're over 12% of the people that, that have trouble just doing bathing, normal. Yeah, everyday activities. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, so, I mean, when did when did it hit you first? Was that 80, 85? Like, which decade? Yeah, oh, I'm, way, I'm way past this. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so far past that. You don't even no, But I will say, though, I mean, look, I've... Mm -hmm. You have... 
you know, the walking out of across the room and getting out of bed, stuff like that. I mean, that's been years. <laughs> that you've had trouble I don't doing that? I mean, that's, see, that's what I mean. America's uh-huh. life likely healthy. I don't think that's a... I mean, am I supposed to just hop out of bed? <laughs> Yay, ready for the day. No. Sorry, I just... Yeah, okay. I don't know that that happens, right? No, well, I And of course they blame it. Of course they blame it on higher rates of obesity may also be taking their toll. Oh, that's I mean, it's always it's silly. Always. When you're talking obesity, that, yeah, it's silly. It me off. Yeah. Americans... <laughs> the good news is, though, there's one place uh, of good news out of this out of the declining health and life expectancy, mm-hmm. uh, pension plans are happy. Yeah. The pension plans are like, yes, <laughs> die. Yeah. Please. They want, they want you to go at about 40. Please die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know you were talking, this is kind of a soft spot in my heart. You know, Florida has a soft spot in my heart, Pat. Mm-hmm. It's not a cowboy state. Okay. Don't even um, start with it. I'm telling Florida. It's not a cowboy this, state. Uh, yes, it is, Pat. People are telling me all day. Some of the largest cattle and citrus ranches east in of the, the country. East of the Mississippi. Uh, you can, I didn't east say that. I said the in the country. Well, you're not in accurate. In the country. It's east of the Mississippi. No, yes. no, sir. Yes, it is. Some of the largest Stop it. cattle ranches in the country are in Florida. East of the Mississippi. No. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, there's bigger ranches. Yes. Oh my gosh, amazing. There's bigger ranches. I said that. Montana, California, Texas, New Mexico, Utah. Yes, those are all bigger. Whoa, okay. Okay. Good for you. East of the Mississippi. East of the Rockies. (laughs) Dial 1-800-ART-BELL. International calls. (laughs) Dial your AT&T long-distance operator. Don't forget your country code. So is that all you got? (laughs) I know. You have more. And, uh, no, hey, we can talk. We can talk some football. I don't know that we want <laughs> we to. We talk some football because I was looking at the top yeah, 25. I don't know here. that we want to I was looking either. at the top 25 here, and I know that, uh, you know, the, neither of the teams that we're excited about are mm-hmm. not in the top 25 this year and far from it. Wait, BYU only but, lost by uh, 16 over the weekend. I know. They, are they I mean, not ranked? They were that close to <laughs> Eastern Carolina. Oh, well, you're probably in the others receiving votes category, right? Probably, yeah. Uh, like I was 26, at, 27. I was at, there's only, there's, there's what, like nine teams Right, left undefeated in the country. Yeah, Alabama, Penn State, Georgia, TCU, Wisconsin. Those are the top five, mm-hmm. uh, and they are the top five in the top twenty-five. And then Miami is undefeated still. They're only eighth, three teams ahead of them with losses. Hmm. And uh, USF and UCF are still undefeated, and they're way the heck down there. They're you know in the top twenty. But What's Notre Dame ranked 10. after they crushed USC? Where are they? Where is Notre are they in Dame? the top Notre 10? Notre Dame is, yeah, number nine. Number nine. Wow. Number nine with the loss, though. I mean, they all got they all have losses now. Yeah, but Notre Dame's uh, loss was to Georgia. Boy, Notre Dame did crush uh, mm-hmm. USC, though. Woof. Yeah, they did. Man. Beat I, them bad. It was, yeah, they did. <laughs> They're kind of back, I think, this year. <laughs> I, it feels like it. Yeah, it does. It really does. And uh, it feels like uh, that, uh, did we get the news that uh, the head football coach at BYU has been fired? Did we get <laughs> no. That yet? No, we did not. Because that should be some breaking news. Yeah, uh, that needs to happen. Pat. It does need I to thought, happen. I you, think it does. as a as a as a card carrying member mm-hmm. of the BYU fan club, mm-hmm. uh, a card carrying member that has uh, invested uh, money in the campus and the funding of BYU, mm-hmm. you should put your foot down. Mm-hmm. I, you know, they're not going to. They just don't do that. <laughs> they're just not going to. And everybody, all the sports writers that I follow with with BYU sports, 
are, are all saying it has to be drastic and it has to be radical and it has to be now. It's got to wake up the and, team, too. And any other major yeah. college in the country would have fired him already. And it's, and I mean, he's just it's, not doing well. I mean, they, I thought he was going to be great, but he's not. So are, let's, let's move on. Yes. Let's that's move on. That's 100% right, too, because a drastic cut will wake the team up. Yeah. I mean, it'll be like, whoa, hey. I mean, bless his heart. I'm sure he's a great guy. I, I really liked him. I thought he was going to do well. Well, he didn't. So now we know better. Let's move on. <laughs> You've got to do something <laughs> so we don't lose all our recruits. I mean, we, had a, we have two pretty dang good recruiting years, and they're starting to go away. Right now. If you get rid of him right now, you save the recruits you have. I yes, think. I think so too. I think so too. Because uh, you've, like you said, you've we've already lost, and I say we because you have been mm-hmm. sold a bill the, of goods this year. Yeah, on your damn BYU. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you need damn. a refund on the bill for sure. Uh, oh, that's a good so idea. So that's uh, chew that the fat, of the fat with Jeffy. Uh, yeah, it's in the mail. Checks in the mail. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray unleashed coming up. Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. It is Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Let's see. Um, ESPN has been so political lately and continually talking about politics. And I just, I don't, they're so bad at it. And, And they're always, there's such a liberal spin on it that I've kind of taken to watching other sports stations like Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports last night on Undisputed with Skip and Shannon. Right. Who do, you, who do they have on to talk about the uh, NFL equality protest? Jesse Jackson. Are you? Come on. And they, start, and they got into a discussion on Donald Trump and how bad he is and all of this stuff. I, what are you doing on these sports networks? Not even trying. Ugh. I just, I don't know how they think that's good for them because... Who do you think is watching sports? A bunch of progressives? Right. No. I think for the most part, it's it's far from it. Mm-hmm. The more conservative you are, the more likely you are, I think, to be watching sports stations. But all of these guys, probably because they come from colleges that taught them all this, all of them seem to be incredibly hardcore progressives and liberals. Oh, I just it's driving me out of my mind. There's nobody left to watch sports on anymore. Meanwhile, uh, Netflix is having a little battle with Sean Penn because a few years ago, do you remember when he went to interview El Chapo? Yeah. The big uh, drug lord in Mexico, head of the drug cartel? Uh, well, supposedly he turned him in afterwards, and he told, he told authorities where they were, and El Chapo was captured after that. Wow. So now Netflix is doing a documentary on that. And... Apparently, there, the way this all went down was that some Mexican actress said that she wanted to meet with Chapo, El Chapo, and he wanted to because she's beautiful and he liked her, and so they did. And she invited Sean Penn to come along, too. And so Sean Penn went, and he 
met with uh, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. And then when he got back to the United States, he actually did tell people where he was. That's fascinating. And so now he's worried that when this documentary comes out, he's going to be killed. Probably. So he's asking Netflix to bury it and and not actually air this thing. And I kind of don't blame him. Because uh, I wouldn't want to be killed by El Chapo's people either. And they'll hunt him down. And so he's telling them that if you release this documentary, my blood is on your hands. It's going to be pretty interesting to see if Netflix actually goes through with it and airs this thing. Uh, I'm going to be interested to find out uh, in this battle between Netflix and Sean Penn. And I'm almost, I mean, I don't know that I've ever been on Sean Penn's side of any discussion, but (laughs) I got to believe I wouldn't want them to uh, air this thing either. If I was the guy who turned in uh, Joaquin Guzman, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, 888-933-93. Also, the United States of America is about to allow refugees from all countries. But we're going to, I guess, have some new rules. Trump administration is going to allow admission to the U.S. Uh, of virtually every country. And because we keep getting stymied mm-hmm. with trying to block travel from certain countries. Three times now. Over and over again. And then, it, and then some other judge will reinstitute it and say, no, it's constitutional. And then this guy in Hawaii will shut it down again. And so I think now they've just kind of thrown up their hands and said, okay, well, they're, they're going to have to come then because the refugees have to go somewhere. And, uh, of course, the United States is always the place that's counted on to bring everybody in because we don't have to worry about who these people are or what they bring to us. We just have to accept them. Yeah. Right? We're the only country in the world. They can't be concerned about what you bring to us. We just have to bring whatever you want to you. Yeah, something's, uh, what, what was that thing that we used to have that we've been talking about today that's gone? Oh, uh, was it common sense? You got it. Yep, common sense. Yeah. Bye-bye. So hard to remember that because it's been so long it's since been there's so been any. It's just. It's like an ancient, ancient, archaic concept. <laughs> Oh, right. There was a time, kids. Gosh, yeah. it was a good. Yeah, it was a good six, run for a while. Eight years ago, maybe. Good 240 year run, and then <laughs> not so much. <laughs> All right, we'll see you again tomorrow on Pat Gray Unleashed here on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.